All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 99? 99. 99. Holy shit. Episode number 99 of the Whatever Show, folks. Um, it's going to be a big 99. This isn't even 100, but we got a lot of this show a, this, this night. This is a lot of show, yeah. This is a lot of show. Um, I don't think it's going to be quite as rapey as episode number 100 will be. Well, we're inviting Bryce back for 100, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, stay safe out there. It's not like that's a hot button issue or anything like that right now. <laughs> um, yeah. Tonight, though, we've got a lot to bring you. We are going to be talking about the uproar over Wolfenstein 2, and, uh, um, of course, they're, they're wanting to kill Nazis in the game, you know, which is what the game's been since its inception. Um, yeah, I remember killing Nazis on the fucking 286s the back thing, in my... Like, you get yeah, to kill, like, Mechan Nazi at the end. Like it's, 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 that's but. the whole crux of the game. Like, anyway. Um, yeah, we'll talk we, about that. We've got some follow-up to the Utah police officer we talked about on the show who handcuffed a nurse uh, for failing to comply with an illegal drug uh, testing request on an unconscious victim. Um, we got some beer stuff to talk about, although this is not good beer stuff. Um, although what we are drinking is, this is uh, Ninkasi Slayer. Yes. Super good. Happy it's back. Winter seasonal. Uh, one of my favorites, actually. Um, for those of you in the uh, greater Lebanon area in Oregon, um, Ninkasi will be hosting a tap takeover at uh, the Schmitza Public House tomorrow night. Nice. You won't hear this by then, probably. But No, but if you do, um, you're me and you'll be there. <laughs> um, also, trivia night tomorrow. Trivia. Cool. Uh, we've also got a Last Jedi final trailer. So the final trailer layer before Last Jedi comes out uh, next month? No, December. December. Yeah, December. 15th, Coming up pretty quick. We haven't oh. bought tickets yet. We need to do that. Oh, Jesus. Probably yeah. tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of stuff going on in DC. Um, all the Arrow shows return. So we got Supergirl, The Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow. Um, we're going to talk about all that stuff tonight. Um, I put a link in here talking about the best Batman episodes. I think you guys are uh, Batman the Animated Series episodes. I think you're going to like that one. Um, we've got some new shows to talk about. Uh, one of them is The Gifted. Um, and we're going to talk about that. It's a new X, X show out on Fox. We've got a new Black Panther trailer. We've got a Marvel Lego Black Panther thing coming out. New Mutants. Busy week over at the Marvel thing here. Uh, yeah. Busy week. Um, we are going to, I think, begrudgingly talk about Inhumans. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Bright Spots, uh, Star Trek Discovery. Uh, we're going to talk about that, and I think we're both pretty much on the same page there, too. Um, we get some uh, Weinstein follow-up, too. Uh, Lindsay Lohan has weighed in. Uh, she shouldn't have. We were waiting with bated breath on that one, too, <laughs> yeah. by the way. It's like, what? well, can somebody please tell me what Lindsay Lohan thinks? Because, um, you know, she, she's clearly the, the maker of good decisions. Uh, and then some wrestling stuff. Uh, the Shield, Neville. I mean, there's kind of a big shakeup in this last week. Yeah. Yeah, lots of stuff happening. Yeah. All right, stick around. I think we should get to it. First and foremost, I think what we're going to talk about tonight, in the last week-ish, Eddie and I both got new iPads. Yeah, more or less. I mean, we talked about it. I got it on the show. I think we talked about mine. Did we talk about yours? We I might have. mentioned it on the it show. It might not have been. Yeah, but I got yeah. a new iPad. Um, for me, the iPad's pretty much my only mobile computer. Uh, so I got the new 10.5, um, and I pretty much love it. I mean, I liked the iPad before. This one's even more iPad, and I like that a lot, especially with iOS 11, which is sort of a revolution for iPad. I'm I'm gonna just you know throw that one out there. Lots of stuff in the in the iOS 11 update for yeah. for iPad stuff. Um, enhanced pencil support and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't get that because I bought the I've actually bought the iPad 2017, which is just like the base model iPad. 
Um, yeah, but this is your first foray into the iPad world full time, or not full time, but you know, like your own, you know, like you're you're working off of a lot. So it isn't. I kind of went balls deep. Um, yeah. I actually bought mine through Verizon, um, so I actually have the the Wi-Fi plus cellular version. Nice uh, mobile data um, and all that good stuff. And I went ahead and upgraded it to the 128 gig model instead of the standard 32. Good call. Gig. Good call. So I, I had it, my last iPad was a 32. Um, when I got it, I think it was like the middle size. And uh, I, towards the end of its life, I was quickly growing out of it. So um, this time I got the 64. Um, it's not so bad. Uh, the 32. The, the worst thing for the 32 with me was um, I kept having to delete comics. Like just too many comics um but this this one i got the i got the base on the the pro because I, I didn't want my wife to actually castrate me for how much money this fucking thing costs uh so um i got the 64 this time around and so far i'm, I'm i've got plenty of room yeah so um, much room for activities so the reason that i one of the reasons that i went with the uh the base model um not the base model but the 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 lower budget model ipad yeah because they're um, all really fucking expensive yeah well i mean this one uh it's Still, uh, is is like a five hundred and sixty dollar iPad. Um, yeah. See, I make the loose justification with mine that it, it is my mobile computer. Yeah. Like I don't use a laptop anymore. I just use the iPad pretty much full time. Um, and, and I'm gonna live on this thing pro- probably at least three or four years. So I, I I tell myself this makes it okay, but it probably really doesn't. Now now the one thing about this number one, I don't really care about the pencil support that much because I'm not probably gonna spend one hundred seventy dollars on an Apple pencil immediately in the near future. <laughs> it's it's only a hundred dollars. But yeah, point taken. Um, so I'm not probably going to do that. Um, I will actually probably end up in a position where I'm regretting not having the, um, uh, plug and play keyboard support. See, I don't think you will as much because my, my thing has that, um, but I don't use it. I just use a Bluetooth keyboard and it's fine. Yeah. Like I may end up doing that at some point. I don't, I haven't needed it thus far. And I mean, granted, I've only had it for a couple of days, but I like, I looked reasonably hard at the, um, smart cover thing that Apple sells, which is egregious. It's like 170 bucks for what is essentially a keyboard case. And quite honestly, the keys just are not good enough, especially like maybe they are for the, the, the pro, the big boy pro. Yeah. Um, cause then you're dealing with like full size real estate, but on the little guy, it was like, well, it's better than on screen, but it's still no comparison to the very, very slightly larger Bluetooth keyboard. I just throw in my bag. So, yeah. Um, that's the other thing too, uh, guys, accessories for this thing. If you buy them actually through Apple or through a fucking carrier or something like that are super expensive. Everybody and their fucking dog just goes to Amazon makes, yeah. makes a fucking cover. So just go spend 11, $12 and, and yeah. get one. Yeah. Like it, it's, a, it's insane to me. Um, what Apple charges and what the top end of this market looks like, yeah. because like, it's like when you, when you're looking at a $170 keyboard case, you don't step down to the $100 keyboard case and all of a sudden it's half the quality. In fact, if anything, half the time it's, it's like equal in terms of, you know, how well it works and so on and so forth. Cases, especially Apple cases are nice, but really they're not functionally all that different from the $20 case you can get. And they all have a um, hole in at it. Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so you can see the Apple. Yeah. Of course. I mean, who, who, doesn't want you, you know, flagrantly uh, um, advertising for Apple at all times. Um, speaking of that, speaking of, and speaking of the wife, like the wife got a, uh, she she actually upgraded her phone this week as well. She'll get it tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, she went ahead and got the eight. Yeah. I, I'm, I, you know, I was actually kind of excited to come over here because I wanted to actually see one of those guys in person. Um, and and then you know be insanely jealous because I'm I'm dealing with this uh, this piece of shit. Uh, year old seven plus. seven plus yeah uh which still is totally fine and i have no problems with whatsoever but whatever 
Um, except for the stupid headphone jack, but now she doesn't have a headphone jack either. So she's getting it tomorrow. I imagine she'll have lost the little dongle thing by the end of the evening. Um, if it goes anything like how mine did. So, yeah, I believe the ear pods that come with it, uh, have the lightning connector though. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, she's not going to use anything, but those, yeah, I don't know if she will or not. She's got a really nice pair of Bose headphones that I won at a, at a previous job and yeah. I gave to her. Um, so I don't know how that's going to work out, but, um, I don't know. Um, we'll see when she gets it tomorrow. Uh, she went ahead and got the eight just because, um, more future proofing than anything. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was part of it. She yeah. was, she was, you know, busy texting Eddie while I was looking up the, the side by side specs and going, well, they're not really that different actually, but they're, they, the, I was watching some videos on that today and the bionic are, processor is, is hugely yeah, different. And that's like, one of the big, one big of the things, things that I, Apple doesn't, it's funny because you'd think of all people, Apple would make a bigger deal about this, but they don't make a big enough deal about their processors. No. Um, um, Matt and I were talking about this earlier this week. Uh, we're texting, I think, about you know just Apple processors in general and how right now um, the Pixel XL uh, or Pixel Two, which is just coming out, is not even as fast as an iPhone success and benchmarks. Um, and, and because Apple is just absolutely dominating when it comes to processor architecture, and uh, um, so yeah, getting the eight, and, and that's the other thing too. If I remember something, I think they said something like a three times performance boost from seven to eight so that's the one thing that's got me jealous the other thing that we didn't discuss i think at all is this is the first apple kajigger that's got its own uh um, apple branded gpu or apple built gpu yeah um which if it goes anything like the rest of their silicon has i imagine that's going to be a big friggin deal um for processing and you can see that in some of the features they decided to release it's all very processor gpu intensive yeah, um, which is something that right now only Apple can really do because everybody else is so far behind. It's kind of hilarious. Really needs to get off their ass. It's kind of hilarious because the reason we even got on that topic before is this: we were actually talking about how, like, um, you know, after years of waiting uh, for AMD to release their their next gen CPUs, they finally did with the Ryzen. Ryzen and, yeah, and uh, apparently lots of enthusiasts really like glommed onto the Ryzen. Yeah, uh, pretty quick, and then. Uh, all of a sudden, a couple weeks later, Intel drops their eighth gen i series processors, and they're like just shit completely all over amd see you know the thing is though i think the thing with amd is that it's always kind of lived in the sweet spot of like price performance Mm -hmm. um so even like i don't even i don't think there's been a time that i can remember where you bought amd because it was the fastest thing you could get it was just the fastest thing you could get for the amount of money um that you're spending on it yeah what's what blows me away is um so number one i've never had great luck with amd processors we've got a few machines at work that use amds and they always always lag and have issues that our intel ones don't Mm -hmm. um then again that's a work environment and most of the time people get an amd processors are like a lot of people that buy amd processors are gamers but they're they they build a machine specifically around the amd model so they're able to yeah yeah you know fill in the the weak spots um a little bit uh what blows me away is looking at the new intel 8th gen like they make an i3 they make an i3 with an unlocked multiplier that's quad core and runs four gigahertz. Wow. And it's like $160 or something shit like that. Like yeah. maybe 180. Like it's a good price. That blows me away. Um, the I threes that I use at work are 120. The new eighth gen I threes are keeping in the same price range. They're still 120 only now, instead of being dual core, they're quad core and they run at three gigahertz. Yeah. Just like, it's a beast of a processor for 120 bucks. $120 I three processor. Uh, yeah, they're and then and then I don't even want to talk about the i7s right now. Mm-mm. I5s 
six core, like the standard i5 with uh, with the HN is now a six core processor. I want one. It's really time, except for I, there's no way I can convince my family that I, I need to buy a new computer right now. <laughs> um, you, what you do is you buy the motherboard, and you're like, oh, this, Shit, doesn't, I forgot. this isn't backward compatible with older processors. I That's guess so I weird. have to buy one. Yeah. How much is oh, that? Oh, look, now oh, I need new three RAM. Three times the price of the motherboard. No big deal. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. I don't know. Should we get to the show? We might. We might. Oh, just how we got there though is oh, like we I've were talking it. about competitions between yeah. um processors and Eddie was like, "Well, you know who the only real pro- competition to Intel is right now? It's Apple." And I was like, "You're not wrong." Yeah, it's it's sort of a different space. Like uh, obviously, um Apple's making ARM chips and so ARM chips haven't really found their way into mainstream laptop desktop computers. Um I mean, they're 64-bit though. They are 64-bit and I I think we're getting close to a, a future where ARM does go uh, mainstream laptop desktops. Like uh we've been talking in the Apple world about um them doing an ARM uh MacBook for at least three or four years because there was a pretty heavy rumor that the first MacBook adorable, the the twelve inch, you know, with one port, um, was gonna have um an ARM processor in it. And there's a lot of downsides to putting ARM in there, namely that you lose the Intel uh, um, AMD 64 uh, instruction set, which also loses you uh, Windows unless when, uh, Microsoft decides to specially compiles uh, um, an ARM version of Windows. They have ARM, ARM Windows. They do. Um, I don't know if it I, just, works well, but... I don't think you go... Like, you don't pick that up off the shelf. Like, you, you volume license or something like that. Not Certainly, Apple could do that, I think. They could make that happen. Um, but it also loses you all of the 64-bit binaries that go along with Windows... And uh, even macOS, even macOS would have a difficult time transitioning straight over to ARM64. However, um, this is one of those things where I think they're making a slow transition because as we get further along, Apple's updating its APIs and and instructions and things like that so that um, processor architecture is less of a big deal. Um, and I, and I think that's because at some point there's, I think at some point Apple is going to eclipse what Intel can do on the desktop, especially at the power, uh, the, the power, uh, um, the wattage they use is that's the, you know, the main reason we get ARM chips and phones is because they're so much less, uh, power hungry than even the, you know, quote unquote mobile versions of Intel processors. Um, but I think at some point we're going to, um, beat out the performance factor and it's going to be enough that Apple will make the switch, even if it costs them all of that 64 or uh, all of that AMD 64 legacy uh, um, application stuff. So, yeah. 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 No, um, it'll be an interesting road that we take. I mean, we're already at places where um, your your iPhone 8 or or your wife's iPhone 8 is going to out-benchmark even last year's Intel processors in single-core. And they're catching up in quad-core pretty fast or in uh, multi-core pretty fast. So. you know, we, we talked about this a little bit the other day, too, uh, via text, how, you know, um, Android users are always making fun of, of us iPhone users. <laughs> yeah. Us. us. Yeah. Can you believe that? Like, yeah. a, a year has like, gone by. Two years like, ago, when we started the show, I think you were like, I don't know, man. Apple and their shit. And then well, now here you are sitting in front of your iPhone and your iPad. Uh, um, yeah. With my Apple Watch. <laughs> yeah, with your Apple Watch on. No, um, um, it's just funny because Android users are always like, oh, oh, you got face recognition now. Oh, we've had that for years. Yeah, but you know what? It doesn't work and you the, can fool it with a photo. Yeah, uh, the, the thing about the the Apple one is that it actually works for its intended purposes. One of the reasons we talked about is the hardware that Apple uses is heads and tails more powerful than anything like a fucking Snapdragon or something like that's going to do. Um, well, it's also purpose built in a way that yeah. Android can't really do because of the fragmentation in the market. It was somewhat necessarily so because of the, you know, just the general, you know, design goals of Android. Um, 
but yeah, that's the thing Apple does. Like Apple's Apple has very rarely been first to market with a technology. What they are is first to market with a technology that people actually want to use. Like mm-hmm. Apple's iPhone wasn't the first touchscreen phone that came out. It wasn't the first screen that had it or first phone that had a touchscreen. Um, it wasn't the first phone that could go on the internet. It wasn't the first phone that had apps. It was the first phone that you could do definitely, any of that. Definitely well wasn't the on. first phone that you could do picture messaging on. No. <laughs> that was funny. No <laughs> MMS. You, iPhone one. No, no MMS. I think until I um, iOS three, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was, Copy a, and paste it was available on the either. iPhone two, but not until it was iOS several 3. months post release. Like, yeah, I, I remember this because I, I legitimately was like uh, I, I, waiting to upgrade to that. Um, and I was like, oh shit, look at this. I don't have to email pictures. <laughs> but the best, the best technology, uh, you know, two thousand and one can offer. Um, here yeah. we go. So. I remember, I remember being at a concert. I think we were at a, God, was it Black Label Society? I think Bryce was there. Mm-hmm. And like, I was like, Hey, get me, a, get a picture of that and send, and, and text me the picture. And he's like, uh, it'll have to wait. Cause <laughs> <laughs> like, he didn't have time to go into his email app and like, yeah, go do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. anyhow, but yeah, that's, that's where we're at now. We got new iPads. Um, and Intel is making new processors. AMD's making new processors and Apple's like, Hey guys, we're just over here quietly doing our thing. Yeah. Making a, an A11 Bionic. Yeah. It's going to outbench our MacBook Pro pretty soon. Um, yeah. 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 I'll take a look at that Bionic processor tomorrow night. It's, um, you know, I don't know it, how much you're going to notice, like, off the bat. It, it's just one of those things, like, that, you know. Well, I mean, you're an enthusiast. Uh, um, so it's not like, you know, like, the average person isn't going to notice the difference between an i5 and an i7 in everyday usage. Um, but uh, that's kind of where we're at with Apple. They're, they're getting really freaking competitive. Uh, certainly, they're dominating the mobile market as far as, like, uh, performance goes. Um, but they're, I think they're getting to the point where they're actually competitive with desktop chips. So, yeah. All right, let's get to the show. Let's um, do it. Now for a segment we lovingly call uh, Copyright Colbert 2017, uh, Putin's Cock Holster. Yep. Which actually, uh, I just noticed, does not feature the great Cheeto-in-Chief. Um, it, 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 it's, it's mainly just follow-up from other political talk- topics. Well, I think this is just well, going to be a placeholder for political bullshit. I mean, we don't necessarily have an article in there about him, but apparently he is the first president in history to personally call uh, the families of deceased soldiers now. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah, that's never happened before. No. No, for sure. No, not every president uh since the dawn of the United States like, has done that. That's literally like George Washington, I'm sure, spoke with the you know the family of deceased soldiers. I mean, maybe he didn't use the telephone to call. He, did, he probably didn't. But uh, they were still stringing strings and tin cans, I think, at that point. But you know Dear sir or madam with his pen and quill. Yeah. <laughs> quill and quill and paper, yeah. Um It is the twelfth day of December, the year of our Lord seventeen seventy seven. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, um yeah. So there's that. I mean, if you want to chew on that for a while. Uh, yeah, he was also telling a, um, a service uh, member, so what was it, a uh, serviceman who died, he was telling their family, yeah, I've also made sacrifices, you know, like, I feel like I've made some sacrifices too. So, like, again, we're talking to the... Like, like the, not getting drafted because of bone spurs, but yeah, playing tennis Yeah, we're talking instead. to the, the family of a deceased veteran, and uh, of course, oh, oh, good old Trumpy has to make it about himself. Because he's made sacrifices. You know, I, I think the sacrifice he's probably talking about is there's no golden toilet at the White House, uh, which is rough. It is a dump. It's rough. Yeah. The White House is a dump. It is. I mean, according to the, the, our first family, um, apparently. <laughs> so, on to the news. Jesus fucking Christ. Are we really talking about Donald Trump as a president still? I can't believe it. I know. I can't believe it. Fuck? You know what? The other day, uh, I tweeted this. Um, he, you know, for, for Women Boycott Twitter Day, uh, and, uh, you know, obviously I'm not a woman. I think, obviously. Um, 
but uh, you, you don't know the thing is you could show support by boycotting Twitter as a male. Even. Yeah, I totally forgot and, and spammed a whole bunch of shit out on the show <laughs> account that day. So I, I, you know, I was planning on going through with it and I got home and I'm like scrolling through the news and it turns out President Trump was complaining about the president of the U.S. Virgin Islands. No, he met with him. Oh, yeah, he met. No, that's right. You're right. He met with the president of the U.S. Virgin Islands uh, every morning uh, because that's him. Because apparently he doesn't have like even a ninth grade education or even the common sense to say, hey, I wonder why they call it the U.S. Virgin Islands. Uh, yeah. Huh. Yeah. I huh. wonder if he also met with the president of Puerto Rico. I, I heard that guy's a real shit president. Yeah. A real shit president. Um, oh, you know, it's funny Lord. because we were all making this joke being like, does he even know he's the president of Puerto Rico? Uh, and it turns out probably not. No, I don't think he does. Uh, he, yeah. Guam. Guam. Yeah. We got Guam too. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, in the news this week, a uh, little game, uh, called Wolfenstein two, um, big deal apparently has released, uh, uh, you know, some, I guess sort of topical, which is ironic because this has pretty much been the shtick for the entire run of Wolfenstein. Like we were talking about in the pre-show. Yeah. Um, it, it's just a game about killing Nazis. Like yeah. you go, you play your meathead, uh, whose name like, is like Blastowitz, Blastowitz. I can't remember exactly. Uh, um, and, and you kill Nazis. Like that's the game. Yeah, so sometimes they're mecha Nazis, sometimes they're mutant Nazis, but you kill Nazis. The the deal the deal is is it's 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 uh it's a uh, if the war had gone differently kind of situation. I mean, in this particular situation uh, with Wolfenstein well, this, two, I think yeah, the original well, game was no, just straight up. Well, you're in Castle Wolfenstein in the first yeah. game, but like as they progress, it 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 like the Nazis end up getting technology that yeah gives them the advantage, and so it, it goes like a a ragtag band of, of of Nazi. Yeah, sort of like the sort of like the 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 Nazi weapons in um, Captain America, uh, Captain America, Hellboy, you know, that, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, basically, what this one is is the United States is now Nazi territory, and the slogan for the new game is hey, "Wait, real life for the game?" <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. The slogan for the new game is uh, "Make America Nazi Free Again." Yeah, and so, apparently, this has some people with their panties in a bunch. You know, I I just. What year is it? Uh, what year is it? Because I thought this whole Nazi thing was settled. Like I thought yeah. we kind of, I thought we kind of came up with a consensus: Nazis do, equal bad. Do you know who has the best response for things, and he uses the year as as that? Justin Trudeau. Did you hear what he said when the press corps asked him why um, diversifying the amount of men and women in his cabinet was important? No, it's 2015. That was his answer. <laughs> they're like well why is this an important issue he's like because it's 2015 there's actually a fantastic amount of science behind it if you're going to be all pedantic and nerdy i mean if you, yeah, well, if, you yeah. if the morality of it isn't enough for you like there's actually some science behind showing why diversity is important for societal growth and, and just better solutions to uh problems i i just think it's funny that like we were supposed to be the leaders of the world we are we're, we're supposed to be like the ultimate we like, were, we were, like, up until, like, I don't know, a few years ago. Um, and, and then, like... Well, November 2016, specifically, you know. And, and then, like, all of a sudden, Justin Trudeau's like, yeah, but it's 2015, why wouldn't we have women in, yeah. in the yeah. cabinet as well? Uh, yeah, so, I don't know, it is 2017, and we're, we're, we're talking about getting rid of Nazis both in video games and in real life. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so th this is kind of funny because um, there were several conservatives um, who I don't know if they identify as Nazi. I don't think there's a lot of them that do identify as Nazis. But, you know, like my favorite one was, well, way to make it political. They you definitely know, like, identify as butthurt. Yeah, they, they definitely do. But way to make it political. Like, again, 
Uh, guys, just Google it. Uh, this is the game. This has been the game. This has been the game since like 1991 when I started playing it on like a 25 megahertz 286 uh, processor that I had to shove, you know, an extra three gigs of RAM into. Or Sometimes something you like have that, to like three megabytes of RAM. Yeah. Under the hard drive so it gets warm enough to we, spin. We legit, I had to pedal a bike. Uh, for like three hours to get enough processing power to it was it was a rough time um yeah that's the game i saw i saw a maxter 40 gig hard drive today in, oh, in a thrift nice. store for for five dollars and i was like I was that's looking too at much it. i was looking at it i was like <laughs> yeah plus it's ide i don't have anywhere to put it like, yeah <laughs> it was ridiculous anyway yeah. um so anyway yeah, so nazis guys, we decided guys i just want you to remember we decided nazis bad plus um, the make america nazi free again uh, you know, you might call it distasteful. You know what I call it? Marketing. Yeah. You know what I call it? Common fucking sense. Um, and, and the difference between Bush Jr. Republicans and Trump Republicans is Bush Jr. Republicans would have been like, we can kill Nazis. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, Let's give blow some shit up. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Dick Cheney. Get Dick Cheney on the line. Um, all right. Uh, in a satisfying piece of follow-up this week for you, we have uh, we talked about this story a couple of weeks ago. Um, a, a Utah police officer decided to drag an unconscious man into the ER, uh, tell a nurse to administer a drug test who refused because she can't because it's not legal. And right, the, that's a big the, part of it, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the Utah uh, police officer decided to... Um, handcuff her and and restrain her and, and you know basically try to force her to comply uh he's been fired so fuck that guy uh and you totally deserved it you asshole uh yeah they're apparently appealing saying that the uh the punishment does not fit the crime see you know the thing is they'll probably win too because police officers don't really get real punishment even no. when you do something that's blatantly no, obviously here's the wrong. thing this nurse was white they're gonna they're gonna pin him to the wall you know, you do bring up a good point. I think we talked about that before. God help us if she was black, because this would have been over and she'd uh, be in jail. By well, now. that is exactly the reason that Colin Kaepernick kneels during the national anthem. Who, by the way, I don't know if you heard, um, since he doesn't have a job, mm. uh, since no team will hire him, he's actually uh, gotten independent counsel and is uh, suing the NFL for collusion against him. Awesome. So we'll see how that goes. Which doesn't make any sense to me, because we've got basically half the NFL kneeling. No. So why are they still blacklisting cap? Like- uh, well, here's the thing. Uh, the, the commissioner is actually seriously considering mandating that players stand for the anthem now. Like he, he oh. wants to make it a rule. Yeah, that's because apparently they pissed off the hillbillies and, and their ratings are dropping amongst conservatives, which, uh, you know, I guys, to imagine ratings increased last week when the last Jedi trailer dropped. I think they probably did. And, and I think you know, this is one of the things that I, I think really bugs me. Um, yeah, I realize it's a business and they're trying to make money and stuff like that. Um, but this is not a disruptive thing and it's clearly the right and obvious thing to do. Um, so that you can't show a little bit of spine to be on the right side of the history of NFL. Uh, it, like I, I boycott you just for being completely dickless. Uh, um, so you know, Colin, Colin Cowherd on um, ESPN, uh, I think it was on ESPN. I was watching, maybe it was Fox Sports. It was something, one of the sports channels I was watching. Mm. Um, brought up an interesting point, and and he's not wrong. Um, as much as I disagree with the uh, idea behind it, but he, he basically said this isn't about football. This isn't about uh, Americans or soldiers or anything else. This is about Nabisco, Subway sandwiches, and Budweiser. And if Budweiser says they don't want me on the air, I'm not on the air. Yeah. See so, also Jamel Hill, uh, I think that's her name, Jamel Hill, who uh, got suspended from ESPN for two weeks for having the audacity to point out that if you didn't like Jerry Jones mandating that any player uh, who kneels during the anthem is going to be benched, um, that you know the best way to deal with that was go to the advertiser. Uh, so yeah, 
Yeah, that's another you know again spineless yeah. spineless move. So well, makes me this 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 is another like uh, and I hate corporations like because of that. You know it, what I mean? It's a tiny vindication for me who doesn't really care too much about sports ball, but this is you know this is a thing that kind of makes me not care about it even more like it's like if i did care about sports ball i probably wouldn't watch this kind of shit because uh, i just i i I don't want to support it so yeah yeah it irritates me that we are actually living in a world where because money is involved we're trying to mandate patriotism that isn't patriotism guys it's not even patriotism like we're, we're not trying to mandate patriotism because what they're doing isn't uh any is not unpatriotic it is it is the definition of patriotic dissent is patriotic um what we're trying to do is mandate nationalism which again brings me back to the nazi thing you know what nazi stands for national socialists nationalism is right there in the title um so there's a lot of like uh i don't know frightening things going on in america in and and for you righties that like to point out that the nazis were socialists they weren't they were fascists socialists was part of their name but they were not socialists yeah i know yeah so just 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 get that through your heads, guys. It wasn't it wasn't socialism. That was that was fascism. Yeah, read a book, maybe. I think yeah. if, if I think I think if we had uh, more Americans reading books, there would be a lot of these problems that wouldn't exist. So I think True that's that. a good way to end it. True um, that. Oh yeah, Utah cop got fired. Yeah, that's it. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Uh, but let's talk a little bit more about corporate greed. Shall we? Yeah. So speaking of um, house favorite uh, uh, um, uh, Budweiser Corporation, InBev. House favorite, yeah. This yeah. episode of the Whatever Show. Nope, we're not brought to you by InBev. <laughs> no, I never. In fact, I did. I, I, and now I deeply regret it. But I did bring over a ten barrel one time because I had, I, I didn't know better. He didn't know. He got, I didn't know. He got shamed. I, I, yeah, I walked in the door and he's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And I was like, "I thought my dick was hanging out or something like that." <laughs> and it turns out, no, uh, ten barrel is uh, was bought out by InBev, um, which is the parent company for Budweiser, and they're the bad guy in the beer industry. Like they just suck. Um, they're, they're not, you know, it's not just because they're big beer. It's because they're big shitty beer that does dickish things. Well, and they literally litigate people into bankruptcy because they exactly. know that the, they know that the small brewery isn't doing anything wrong. But they're they, literally Microsoft in the nineties. If, if they refuse to sell to them, then they just sue them for some frivolous bullshit until the company can no longer afford to stay afloat. Yeah. Um, they recently, recently, a couple of years ago, they bought out 10 barrel, uh, brewing from Bend, Oregon, uh, which was a big disappointment to me because I actually... Come and dug ten barrel. Uh, ten barrel's okay. In fairness, like I, I did, I've only bought ten barrel a couple of times, and I think after that last pack, that last pack was the first one I think that I got that I actually was okay to me. Um, so it's not like they would have been a household in my household I, rotation. But um, I really liked Apocalypse IPA when it first came out. The problem is, is, is it wasn't consistent. So sometimes you bought some uh, a six pack of Apocalypse that just tasted like asshole. Yeah, and so so I, I guess it, it tastes like what they are. Um, so the the news piece we have in here is uh, a a small brewery from. Boston, who's been selling a Maine. beer, uh, Maine. Sorry, Maine. Uh, it's in Masons. It, yeah, my bad. Uh, they've been selling a beer. I think called what was it? Apocalypse something it's, or other. Uh, Hipster Apocalypse. Hipster Apocalypse. It's been around for years. I think I said two thousand nine. Something. It, it's been around for a long they, time. Uh, like no, relatively. I think, I think Ten Barrel's been around since two thousand nine. These guys have. These guys are upstarts. Okay. They're 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 fairly fairly new, but. but the, um, the point the point being, I don't think that like number one. There's three thousand miles between. The two? Yeah. I don't really think that somebody's going to be like, oh, this must be that 10-barrel stuff and accidentally buy Hipster Apocalypse. Um, I, I just don't get it. It's so stupid to me. Like, so now, now we're, they've, they've ordered a cease and desist, or at least they've tried to. I don't think they actually have any legal grounds until they... Well, see, that's the scary thing here. This is going to be another case of exactly what you talked about, that overly litigious nature, because although they are separated by, you know, the flyover states, um, 
there's uh they're probably gonna win because there is actually a standing like um if you make beer and you call it apocalypse something and i make uh you know, tires and I call them apocalypse tires. There's enough separation between those two things right. that customers aren't going to get confused and it would immediately get thrown out. But since they're both beer products, I don't think that that's necessarily going to be the case here. So it's a little bit of a bummer. Um, it also is a little bit of a bummer that just our, our patent system is set up uh, such that, um, you could trademark a word like that. Like, I don't think this is, um, you know, like it's clear to me that Mason's isn't trying to be deliberately derivative of the, of the, the 10 barrel. Like they're not trying to steal the 10 barrel juice and, and, you know, get it over that way. No, they're definitely not. No, there's it's a cool name. Hipster Apocalypse didn't even know that Ten Barrel existed. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the artwork for the can too, it's awesome. Um, yeah, it is. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so there's not really any reason to do this. Uh, um, I think other than Ten Barrel being pricks. Um, yeah, and, and you know, largely more probably in, in Bev being pricks. Uh, so, in humorous news, uh, kind of tangentially related to this, the um, Craft Brewers Association uh, brought up an interesting point, and they're like, hey, why don't we crowdsource $213 billion and just buy Anheuser-Busch? Dude, <laughs> we could. Wouldn't that be that? Wouldn't that be the best if that they just suddenly the stopped selling Budweiser? Like, I would, I would, I would laugh. I would laugh for days if, yeah. if they were just like, nope, no more Budweiser. We're done. Yeah, that's probably not the preferred nomenclature these days, is it? Referring to something as the tits. I, can you? I mean, tits are good. We still agree I, on that. I like tits. Okay. For sure. But All right. Um, I, I don't it's, know. It's that one of those things. It's culture and sense these days, though. I don't, I don't get it. It's like your Maybe. little desk with the cowboys and Indians on it that. Yeah. I don't know. I that mean, one probably Cowboys is. and. What Native are they? Americans. They're not even Native Americans anymore. They're indigenous peoples. Yeah. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 don't those things essentially mean the same thing? I mean, I think they do. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, and I don't think they they care either way. Or I mean, is it because we we've uh, sort of uh, named them Americans after the fact because they weren't Americans when we got here? So so this is this is a funny story uh, about this. Uh, so my buddy Virgil, uh, he was arguing with his his sixteen uh, year old kid uh, Dylan about whether or not a, uh, Columbus actually actually landed in America proper, and he was like, uh, he's saying that he only went to like you know the Caribbean, and I was like, so I sent him like a map. Of mm-hmm. where his voyages actually went, and and he was like, "Dude, all the lies they told us in school." I was like, "Yeah." And the sad thing is, is he thought he was in Asia. Like, oh yeah, Columbus is a giant prick. Like, and, um, and, and stupid to boot. Like, yeah, he he's like, there shouldn't be a Columbus Day. Like, there. I, I mean, look, I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, like take down everything that was ever wrong. But I'm definitely like, why do we celebrate this guy? Yeah, who legitimately was too stupid to realize he wasn't where he thought he was and he wasn't even where everybody else thought he was later on either like and spent them his entire trip over here basically raping native people yeah 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 uh you know different times no it's it's been wrong the whole time and we we can agree with that it's 2017 okay well but this is trump's america so yeah i guess um controversial opinions um all right, let's take a break here. We'll come back. We'll talk about Less Jedi, uh, the trailer. I think I'm going to rewatch it before we do. We should. Get a beer. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Do it. All right, guys. So let's talk about um, the Last Jedi trailer. We got the final trailer before the movie drops, uh, which is you know coming up in the couple, next couple months. Um, we couldn't be more excited. And as much as there was warnings about spoilers in this thing, um, 
We watched it anyway. And so if you're really super spoiler averse, uh, now would be the time to skip ahead about 10 minutes. Maybe. Because, I mean, honestly, there's things that we see in the trailer, but we still don't understand what they mean, why they happen, or what happens afterwards. So can yeah. you really say it's a spoiler? I really think we were just talking to the people who are like hyper spoiler averse. Like there are some people who literally just avoid every single piece of media referencing Star Wars whatsoever because they want to know nothing going into so this. Spoiler alert. Kylo Ren has kinesiology tape on his face. He does. It's cute. Um. Looks, it looks like he's got a little owie. Um, it does. <laughs> um, so, yeah. All right. So, what does it all mean, guys? I say, guys, it's just you and me. But Just, yeah. Um, I mean, the wife's around here somewhere. We could probably get her to weigh on it. I but think the dog might come over here and, like, furious. He, he lick her vagina into the microphone. So, that's just a form that's of opinion. That's what Luna does. Yes. Yeah. Um, Sure. So anyway, there's a lot of things going on in this trailer. Number one is I think we got a whole lot of misdirections in this trailer. Um, I think there's a whole lot of scenes we're seeing that. Are you um, saying we might get swerved? I think I think we're going to get swerved a little. I, I don't know, though, because there's there's, you know, one thing we were just talking about uh, before we you know threw back on the recording here is uh, the, the end of this. But let's 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 come to that, you know, organically. So um, I don't know. First few thoughts. Anything coming right out of the gate? You got to get off your chest. Um, Luke. Luke's a big one. Yep. So Luke, uh, Luke, Luke's terrified of Ray. He is. He's legit afraid, and I don't really blame him. Like one of the lines in this trailer is something along the lines of like, "I haven't seen this much raw power in decades," and I didn't. He's know only said it once before, and yeah. I was too stupid. To, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I was too stupid to know to to, to uh, be afraid. Um, yeah. And uh, that's I think apropos because ray is i think legit probably the most powerful force user we've seen on screen so far granted she's raw and untrained um but just right out of the gates she can do she she is a stronger force user than most of the other people we've seen jedi mind trick james bond guys james fucking bond uh you know that took some balls yeah um so anyway, th- there's a lot of things she does in this thing, uh, like just her not getting utterly slaughtered by Kylo Ren, who is a trained force user and has been training for several, several years, um, is something, uh, uh, you know, tantamount to her power um, in, in the force. Uh, you know, even that little brief shot of the trailer where she like cracks the fucking ground um, it w- and lifts the rocks. She does the rock cover thing is pretty badass. Um, but yeah, there's a lot, I think, that points to her being probably one I of the I think stronger. she could easily lift a next wing out of a swamp. I think she would. I think she, Luke would be like, well, fuck, man. That's not fair. I couldn't get that till my, you know, ever. Actually, I never tried that again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> At least not on screen. So, um, I think we got an odd angle here, a good angle going. So, number one, the, the thing's called The Last Jedi. Um, somebody snarkily wrote, uh, uh, added Ryan Johnson on Twitter and said, like, oh, yeah, like, he's ever going to tell us who The Last Jedi really is. And he, he just replied and said, it's Luke. Which is funny because uh, it was pointed out to me the other day that that's literally in the crawl for episode seven. Yeah. Um, it, it, Luke Skywalker, is. comma the Last Jedi, comma is missing. Uh, so it shouldn't be shocking that that's the case. Uh, although the title itself could be a swerve because uh, what's the plural of Jedi? Jedi. Yeah, exactly. So the Last Jedi could be referring to both Luke and Rey at the same time. Yeah, because in also, foreign language it translates differently. Yeah. So it, it could also be a swerve in that. Um, not necessarily a swerve, but you know, like uh, we haven't seen any Sith on screen in the new trilogy because uh, Kylo is not a Sith. He's, he is a Knight of Ren. He is a Knight of Ren. Um, we don't really know what that means. I think in canon yet, uh, because it, it certainly hasn't come up in the movie so far. I assume we're going to get deeper into that as we go through the the trilogy here. Um, I am one with the Force. The Force is with me. Yeah, but we know that there are other Force users who are neither Sith nor Jedi. Um, so it could be entirely that she, uh, Ray, decides to go 
not be a Jedi because the Jedi kind of fucked everything up. Um, if I don't know if you had noticed. Like you do when you're a Jedi. Yeah. Uh, they, they sort of completely ineptly handled the whole, um, you know, fall, failure and falling of the Republic. And uh, it's only through Luke that, you know, there's any sort of hope for redemption in the Jedi Order um, because he was the only one that got anything fucking right. Um, so... Uh, it's entirely possible that she says, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be a Jedi. I'm not, that's not my, that's not my bag, baby. I, I may be a good force user, a light side force user, um, and, you know, go on to form a different order entirely or not. Um, but it could be that is part of the swerve too, is, is that she's not a Jedi in name, but she's, you know, similar in functionality to Jedi in the Star Wars universe. So, um, yeah, lots of swerve in there. Uh, the, that one scene in the trailer you pointed out where, uh, um, What's his name with the the giant the toy robot that he rides around in now? Uh, John Boyega, who plays Finn. Oh yeah, um, Finn. where Finn's being escorted by stormtroopers. You know, you you pointed out it could be. He looks like he's in a uniform. He kind of does, I and mean, I don't and, know. And what I don't know when the Empire or New Order or whatever they are um, decided to you know redress their prisoners. Like I've never seen that happen before. Like I've seen I've seen people rebels get captured and they don't give them new clothes. Yeah, so. Uh, you pointed out it, it could be that he's been reconditioned. You know, they, like they mentioned that in the first one, like, did you send him to reconditioning? And that's, I think where he was supposed to go when he decided to just fucking up and get out of there. Yeah. Um, so it, it could be that we're getting that. I mean, the look on his face says really either. It could be stone face. Like I, I know emotions. Going, heading to his execution and with a, with, you know, yeah, it could be heading, I'm heading to my execution and I'm stuck. Or I'm, it could I'm stoic be, about it. It could be just, I, I don't have any emotions because they brainwashed it all out of me. Um, uh, you know, so I don't know. There, there's a, there's a lot going on, I think, for a trailer and a lot that has me curious. You know, like you said, though, I don't really feel spoiled by this trailer. Like, no. Uh, um, granted, I'm going to now see things that I've seen on screen before, but I felt that way too about the Force Awakens. When I saw the Force Awakens trailer, it was still walking into the theater and walking out. I still, like, there's nothing in that trailer. To that me, a spoiler in a trailer would be like if, you know, like they showed a resurrected Palpatine standing next to Snoke or something like that. Or like if you put uh, the the big bad, the villain uh, in, in the second trailer for a movie uh, as big as uh, Batman, Don, Batman, Superman, Dawn of Justice or whatever. Right. Right. All of a sudden there's all of a sudden there's fucking doomsday, doomsday just, right there. You know, flying around in the thing. By um, the way, Palpatine being resurrected is one of the hardcore rumors going around about this movie. I don't want that to be the thing. I hope it's not the thing. But I mean, I, 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 mean, I, I, I want to be done with that storyline. Um, and there's it's OK to take nods. And, and but now I think with, I, I feel like episode seven was as close as we need to get to recreating any of the, the original trilogy and, and yeah. what we get from here on out kind of needs to be different and even then they didn't really recreate the original trilogy uh, um they didn't have a lot of direct ties to it i, I mean they, they they had you know one major direct threat tied to the original trilogy in, in the whole han solo arc i'd kind of just assume not see another super weapon yeah that'd be cool too you know what i mean like i i i would like it if like the new orders uh am i saying is that the right term is it I think the new, it's order? new order yeah. yeah um first order <clears throat> first order yes I, I kind of would like it um, if they were just like, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have these Knights of Ren be our enforcers, and that's how we're going to get shit done, not with a giant Death Star or quote-unquote Starkiller base. Yeah. Well, I mean, what do you do at this we point? We can't harvest the power of an entire solar system to destroy other solar I, I systems. I mean, yeah, they, they just keep... They've gone bigger and better for every incarnation so far. I mean, we had the Death Star, uh, the, the Death Star 2. Now we've got um, Starkiller Base. Like, what do they do? It's like, oh, we just, we're going to throw a sun at you. Like, that that's the only way to go from this. Well, you like, drop a red droplet of something into oh, the core of a right. planet. There you go. Oh, no, that was... Oh, their franchise. That was... Yeah, sorry. 
Sorry, Spock. Didn't mean to steal your idea. Yeah, JJ, stay away from that one. Um, so, so let's let's talk about the meat and potatoes of of the trailer, which think, is like think, the last final few seconds between Ray and Kylo, or was it between Ray and Kylo? Before we get there, though, uh, okay. one one quick thought. I, I want this to be like Empire. Uh, there was no major uh, super weapon in Empire. There was a lot of things that has ha, have this remind me of Empire. It, if you, which is hailed as one of the best movies there it is, was. It, it is like like I'll fight you. Yeah, it's the best of the trilogy of, of, of Star Trek to date. Empire is the best. Star Wars. You did it this time, not me. Fuck, man. <laughs> um, you screwed me up. It's your fault. So um, what I'm going to say is this. Rogue One was Empire good, but it wasn't Empire. I'll give you that. You have to. Because yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Fair. Because, <laughs> you know, I said it. You can't make me take it back. It's my house, you motherfucker. No. no. Um, uh, yeah, no, that's 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 a good point. Um, I think you're right. I, I, I think that kind of makes sense. Like, there's no giant super weapon like it's just a matter of like well let's do and, and see i think thematically at least the way the trailer's showing it so far i think it's gonna be thematically a lot more like empire in that when you get done with the movie it's not all happy go lucky everybody wins like when you get done with empire um luke is visibly moving more towards the dark side you know the, the biggest and most notable thing being of course his robotic hand at the end uh drawing direct parallel to you know vader um and, and all of that so we, we definitely end in a dark note i on- guess i don't know why that's dark side to me though like that's just like i mean people have to get fucked up in the line of doing things right like they do but i think especially at that time you know knowing nothing about the expanded universe and stuff like that um at that time i think that was meant to draw direct parallel to uh um uh, his transformation or possible transformation into Vader. Like there was supposed to be that temptation there starting with empire really where um, Vader tries to tempt Luke t- towards the dark side. I mean, and I, I think we're seeing some themes like that that remind me of uh, empire in, I, I can trailer. definitely see that in terms of like, uh, Hey, don't go pick fights. And like Luke was definitely the first one to like power up his lightsaber and be like, come on, motherfucker, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, promptly got his ass handed to him yeah when yoda was like dude you can't do you you're not done yet like sit the fuck down yeah uh you're gonna go fight this guy and then all of a sudden he's gonna start throwing shit at you with his mind yeah he's like you don't know what you're doing uh and so yeah they they um, can't really even carry me on your back and balance rocks yet dude so don't fight vader yet you got a ways to go go lift that fucking x-wing and you can leave um but no uh so uh he goes and does it anyway. And I think we're going to see some similar things from Ray as well. I think Ray is obviously a little bit of a hothead uh, in, the, in a way that reminds me of Luke. And then, you know, what you were referring to earlier, the meat and potatoes of this trailer. Um, so, and that's the end. And this could be the biggest swerve of the trailer so far when uh, Ray is sort of tearfully saying, like, I need somebody to tell me where I belong in this. And then it pans to Kylo and, and Kylo, you know, reaches out his hands. Doesn't I shouldn't say pan, it cuts to Kylo. Yeah. So it, it could be that this isn't even the same fucking scene because... That definitely happens in trailers. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of one of the things that I'm I'm wondering myself. The other part is is kind of uh, part of Luke's voiceover. What he's talking about, this isn't going to work. And then there's a pause, and then how you want it to. We don't know if that's part of the same speech either. No. Um, uh, that nothing. That, see, that's the whole thing about the trailers, and this is one of the things that I think that um, they've done pretty well with Star Wars so far, uh, or the, the new incarnations, rather. I mean, I can pretty much cut a trailer together uh, out of these characters that would make you think that, like, the ultimate goal of the of of this movie is like 
them stealing the Snickers recipe. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you can make the trailer <laughs> do whatever you want it to do just by cutting bits and pieces here and there and, and putting it It was a little together, bit like so. that with Force Awakens, too. Like, we didn't really, I think, know anything going into The Force Awakens. There was obviously some things that were meant to elicit certain things in you. Um, but uh, I, I think we're getting that here as well. So, you know, this is this is all... It's all very much up in the air, but I think thematically, I think we're getting something that's akin to Empire, and I think that's kind of what they're showing off a little bit in this trailer. They're showing off a little bit more, um, uh, I don't know, I guess questioning in, in, you know, like, Ray's no longer just the, I'm a straight up good guy and you have to root for me in in this trailer. Um, And so I wonder if that's going to be a little bit where we go in the movie, where there's a little bit more of... uh, um, uh, duality in her mind or, or you know just sort of questioning of things in her mind yeah one of the big theories on the nets if you will is uh that kylo didn't kill han that han's the one that activated a lightsaber because he knew that kylo needed to do this to uh you know further continue whatever it is he's doing now that that kind of is predicated on the fact that maybe he's a plant in the first order um that he he's doing this dark side thing because he's trying to get close to Snoke and trying to kind of get in there and see what's going on. I don't know about that. Cause there's nothing like the, it, the, the particular scene that makes me think, well, Whoa, that could be a big fucking swerve then because no, what's the scene where he's sitting there talking to Vader's helmet. What does he say? That he feels the light calling to him. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I see that that's not the, something a good guy says, you know, maybe, but like, that's the thing is I'm, I'm wondering if maybe he's trying too hard to like dive into the dark side. Like he's like, see, that's another thing. I just really want Kylo to like, be bad. He really is good. good at, that's, that's the thing. And then like him taking Ray's hand at the end of this trailer, if that's what, what is happening. Cause we don't know that for sure. But if that's what's happening, like maybe it's like, Oh, like, yeah, it's going to be these two against the first order. That would be something, but I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I kind of just want Kylo to be bad. That's a little bit too um, original trilogy for me. Like, if they're going to have a redemption arc with Kylo as well. Yeah, but if they redeem him in the second portion of this, and, like, then you have all of episode nine where he's, like, full on. Just fighting Snoke, essentially. Cause yeah. They, they, I don't know. Um, it, but it's crazy to me that we're talking about this because that, that gives you a good idea of um, there's, what they're setting up here. There's lots of different things that could happen. I don't, like on the same note as, as you, like, I definitely don't want Ray to be like, I don't want her to end up being the actual big bad of the thing either. Like, I don't want that. Oh, to be, like, I the don't see that. The trilogy. Like the, the, I think, I think we're going to find out very soon that she's a Skywalker in some fashion or another. Um, so was Anakin. So was Anakin. I know, but even Anakin, <laughs> Anakin was redeemed in the end too. So I don't see her being the big bad. Um, although I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of ways that this could go, um, but I, I think clearly she's the she's the Luke parallel in this. So I think we're going to see her lean dark uh, for the, this next movie, probably, and maybe or maybe even early into Episode Nine. Um, but I don't. I think ultimately she is the good guy. Like Star Wars, when it comes down to it, they haven't gotten that conflicting with the main trilogies yet. Um, uh, I mean, they they obviously tried, you know, because you tried to follow the show, the fall of Anakin, but they did such a shit job of that. None of that was believable. So, um, um, I'm a boy, and my name is Anakin, <laughs> and that's when I knew I was going to kill all the younglings. Um, yep, yep, yep. He was just bullied. That's that's what he that's what he is. He's essentially a school shooter, like the Joker in the new Martin Scorsese film. Oh fuck me! All right, so last <laughs> Jedi trailer. Um, just man, it can it be December? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's where I'm at on this. Um, so I watched it, and everything still looks awesome, and I still want to see it really hard. Two so. months. Less than two months, bro. We'll be seeing it. All right, cool. Bruh. 
Bruh. Um, on that, uh, let's talk DC because we got a lot of DC stuff to talk about. I think um, cover some season premieres. Yeah. So first up, Supergirl. Uh, I can't really talk much about the season premiere. I'm only about ten minutes into it. Unfortunately, I had to come record a podcast. Uh, unfortunately, really. yeah. Unfortunately, um, I mean, you're I, just lucky we're actually recording on Monday this week because otherwise yeah. you wouldn't have finished last season of it. I did marathon through, yeah, um, the last uh, six or seven episodes. Last this few last episodes week. were were really good. Like, leading up to it, got a little shaky for me. Um, although overall, it, I still it, think it was season rough. two. I think season two is still way better than season one. I um, like it, but it, it got pretty rough around episode sixteen. I think I, I was really having trouble just trying to slog through some of that shit. Um, in in the last episode, I liked, but um, there, there's still some gigantic flaws with the show. Hatcher kind of knocked it out of the park in this. She was good, but I think she was good mostly for nostalgia reasons because I, I remember thinking like I just don't buy. So I mean, even for a comic villain, I just don't buy her motivation here. You're you're ten minutes in to the the premiere. If that, like, uh, Kara's all pissed off still. So, but, is where but, I'm at. but she saw, you saw. I saw some dude that I uh, didn't have a name for yet, and I'm not even sure what he was saying for like five seconds in a suit. So, um, that's kind of where I left off. Oh no, what I meant is like you saw like her little dream sequence. Oh yeah, that was nice. Uh, I like I like that, and then you know she sort of pops out. There was a um. So you got you, you got to see that was like nod after my, nod. My boo, yeah. Who's now her mom? Mm-hmm. There was like nod after nod in that thing because on the one hand it immediately struck me of Man of Steel and the whole thing that they did in yeah. that, and then um, when they cut from that, she's standing above all Brandon Ruth esque, uh, um, uh, listening to the the world, uh, much in the same way that you saw in Superman Returns. So, um, actually, visually speaking, this is one of the best episodes of Supergirl that I've ever seen. So cool. you'll get there. Um, mainly, what I wanted you to be mostly caught up on is I wanted you, um, I wanted to be able to talk about the parallels between. Uh, Kara in mm-hmm. Supergirl and Iris in Flash because they're very much parallel oh. stories. With yeah, that makes sense. Uh, like I'm not far enough in to see like, how that gonna is gonna end up the, in Supergirl, but initially, they very much both least, lost yeah. a loved one at the end of the season last year, and they're dealing with it in very similar ways. Where like Hard Iris, ass, let's fight Iris, Iris just like let's, let's just get in and get this done, and Kara, which is very much like, well, I'm not human, so I'm not going to acknowledge this with human emotions and just. She, she went from like um which is funny because like she's practically a care bear uh yeah and and uh so the well i think they- part of that too is because i i at least i can't i don't know but I, i'm pretty sure you follow melissa benoist on some kind of social media right like something twitter yeah. or instagram or something i don't think like. i follow her on twitter but i probably follow her on instagram she's, she's adorable because so. when I, I started following instagram it was basically like well i'm gonna follow some cw guy who i did that's that's how i got Instagram. I can't remember who it was, but I was like, oh, yeah, I bet they'd be funny. And Stephen then the, Mill. You probably followed Stephen And Mill. then just like, probably. And then all of my suggestions were like one cast member after another for the CW show. So I just you might follow, like to follow, follow, Cisco. follow, follow, follow. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, I probably do, but I almost never go there, which is a shame because there's some good stuff there. Um, and so... Supergirl uh, is good. You'll, you'll enjoy it. There's, there's definitely, um, there's no shortage of uh, political, uh, jabs either during this episode i think we get introduced to morgan edge in this episode who's a, a dc uh ceo corporate conglomerate type i villain. think that's the i just probably barely started the scene with him right and, now and uh i think Kara makes a remark at some time during the thing that morgan edge would build a wall around national city if given the chance <laughs> uh, uh so yeah um lots of good stuff there you get to see cat ground a little bit in some um uh, uh, press shots. Um, this is not a huge spoiler. Cat Grant has moved on to be the uh, press secretary for the president 
Oh, interesting. Which gives her just enough, you know, like it, it supports the whole, oh yeah, she's not moving to Vancouver story. Uh, um, yeah. And why they're only showing her, like they showed her for the finale. My wife was like, she's spicy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, she's, yeah. she's the press secretary. Except for the for president. I think, president. I think the president is Linda Carter. Yes. Uh, so yeah, the president is Wonder Woman. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be fine. Um, um, okay. So yeah, let's talk about the flash. Cause this episode was fun. Um, like I said earlier, um, in the past couple episodes, we're probably not going to do an episode by episode breakdown of this every week. Um, yeah, my one takeaway from the Flash was uh, this house is bitching. This house is bitching. Okay, so uh, you want to hear my favorite fan theory that Cisco's I've heard about this? T-shirt was my favorite through this episode, which said, "Don't take me to your leader with an alien <laughs> face on it." Nah, don't blame him. Yeah, for sure. Because, uh, like, I think the first aliens they met were the Dominators. <laughs> Well, no, I just mean like the don't take me to your leader because yeah. of who our leader is. Yeah, that's a good point too. Although I guess, well, no, because he's not in the Supergirl verse. So his president could be our president. Whereas mm-hmm. Supergirl's president is Linda Carter. Yeah, they, sh- they should move there. Yeah, We should all move there. <laughs> Everybody should just have Linda Carter as president. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so anyway, um, yeah, we're not going to go over this super in depth. Uh, the main storyline is uh, Barry is back out of the Speed Force, but he's a jumbling mess of, um, um, uh, you know, it seems he seems to be quoting. Uh, there's been a lot of things posting where he's quoting from uh, times in the past uh, that we've seen on screen. So a lot of the quotes we see him saying are things we've already seen on screen. So I think what we're seeing is Barry uh, remembering and having difficulty controlling the memories he got from the Speed Force, which is time agnostic. Uh, so he can see past, present, future, etc. I and- don't think he's the only one in there. I, that wouldn't shock me terribly much either. The, and, this house is bitchin' line. I was like, is HR stuck in his head? No. See, what I was thinking here, this is my favorite theory so far, which probably, it, it seems too soon for this. Um, but uh, one of the theories is that's a Bart Allen line. Um, so one of the theories floating around is we're going to get towards the end of the season and we're going to meet Bart Allen. Uh, I presume we're going to meet some future incarnation because I don't think that um, Iris is going to get pregnant in the season and somehow well, Bart that's is happen. from the future. So. Yeah. So I think we're going to meet Bart in or the, the, the theory is that we're going to meet Bart and he's going to walk in uh, um, with the goggles and everything and be like, this house is bitching, you know, when he gets to the, the, the uh, Barry Allen house, we, the we West, the West too. Allen house. Uh, and I, that's a good theory. I think that'd be a good way to close out season four i think he'll probably walk into star labs and say that and kick, and kick into quite honestly five. everybody yeah. just walks into star labs it could be it could be so um but i think you know that that's the main thing we got going on right now is i think we're seeing barry uh, sort of unstuck in time a little bit a la billy pilgrim um i'm a little disappointed that we have not seen tom cavanaugh yet yeah i i do think we're gonna have to see another incarnation of tom cavanaugh this season uh and when i say have to i mean joyously uh, uh wonderfully so um and I think that uh, they got to explain how Barry sort of snaps out of it because that was a little really abrupt. Like, I, I, I don't like that. Yeah. Oh, totally dig the suit this season too, though. Uh, I think this is the first time we get the the, the, the closer to traditional Flash suit. Yeah, and awesome. that's going to be the, the primary focus of uh, tomorrow's episode, actually. So, at the time we record this. Do you think he finally gets his fucking ring? No. No, I don't think so either. I don't know if they'll ever do the ring. But I mean, if they can do the big balloon thing, which is a nice homage to, um, uh, um, you know, previous comic covers uh, where Barry got fat, uh, uh, I think that they could do the ring. I mean, yeah, maybe. The technology's there. Yeah, they um, got, don't they have our, uh, our RF's uh, ring at one point? Didn't they have that? Did they? I thought they had reverse flashes. Like, maybe. Like, uniform shooty ring. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe, yeah. Um, um, Legends? 
Legends. Legends was pretty good, but also sort of abrupt in that, like, we go from last <laughs> season to Legends are Heroes and everything's great. Uh, they end on a, like, oh, well, I guess we'll fix that in the next episode. Next episode opens up with, like... Rip Taylor going... Or Rip Taylor. Rip, <laughs> Rip fucking Hunter going, you fucked everything up, so I'm taking everything from you. Yeah, by the way, uh, it's been five years since we last saw each other, and I'm a total douche now. Um, and you guys all suck. Um, but I think this is another, you know, like... They, 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 I think this is a good theme for the show, but I think they let him get a little too far from it last season. Dude, quite honestly, and I'm just going to say this, and I interrupted you, and that's fine, because I'm going to, I need to say this. Mm-hmm. I really was worried that Dominic Purcell's Heatwave character was going to be the absolute drizzling shits when it came to the show when it first premiered. Oh, isn't he great? Though? And I fucking love it every time. I like when, uh, like when, uh... he just literally tries to beat the shit out of julius caesar no, like on a I beach think like, probably one of my favorite scenes ever in this show is uh when they're gonna go take back the wave rider and sarah runs up all tactical like to the door and flanking her on the other side is uh ray palmer and they're all hiding behind the door and they're like in a corner and shit like a swat team and fucking he's just walking in in his bermuda shorts and he's like uh we're taking the fucking ship and uh the guy's like well this is a test and by order blah 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 and he just punches him and he's like okay anybody else and they just all kind of leave yeah <laughs> that, that that was so <laughs> glorious um, yeah. and exactly perfect for his character so yeah no i I, I really have come to enjoy his character and and uh so I just wanted to throw that out front like I was skeptical um three years ago two years ago when it when it first started oh we uh, when we started talking about this show we for sure like we knew there was a death coming in episode one or or like the we opening were like of the show. man I hope it's heat wave yeah we're like heat wave he doesn't have a, a fucking point in the show yeah and, and of course that didn't turn out to be the case no, so. not at all um so yeah, that's good. Um, we should talk about this brief piece of news before we move on to Arrow Two, and that is that we know that at some point this season, Victor Garber is leaving Legends, um, also known as one half of Firestorm. So what happens to Firestorm when Gray leaves? Yeah, is there a Firestorm incarnation that doesn't have the bonding thingy? No. Yeah, so that'll be interesting because I think for the show they could go that route. It's also entirely possible. Like we got Jax essentially because they were like, "Well, uh, I guess Robbie Amell is going off to do movies or some shit, so we need to figure this out real quick." Um, and so Jax was kind of thrown in there um, pretty quickly. So it's possible they do something like that with uh, Garber's character. I mean, do you think it's possible we get what's his name back, Robbie Amell? Yeah. Ooh. Um. No, not long term. I, I think he's he's pretty firmly doing movies now. I think he's actually having a lot of success doing that as well. He hasn't done anything gigantic, um, but he's done a lot of uh, um, reasonably successful movies since. Maybe done leaving. a little bit better than Casey Jones in the second Minstrels movie. Well, maybe not n- n- Sorry, name uh, notoriety, um, but yeah, I think Amel's. I can't just say Amel. I, I think Robbie Amel is is more into the movies now than than certainly. Um, Those two look a lot alike. They kind of do. They're cousins, by the way, not brothers, in case They're anybody's not, wondering. Uh, but they, they might as well be, I mean, just from yeah. the looks. So And they seem to enjoy hanging out together and whatnot. Yeah, which is cool. Um, and drinking some Knocking Point wine. Yeah. Um, uh, all right, Arrow. So anyway, weird one. Let's, Arrow. Let's talk about Arrow. What happened on Arrow? Everything's fine. Um, Everybody went his, home. His like, 23-year-old son is <laughs> angsty about things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's, that's what I took away from that. I mean, the episode was good. I really enjoyed the episode. Um, it doesn't really start out with a lengthy, lengthy explanation as to how everybody is alive. It doesn't. Um, they're I don't just all it, there. It barely gives one. Um, yeah. No. They're just all there. And then all of a sudden you realize that, uh, um, uh, Oliver's kid's mom is no longer alive and he's got the kid. Um, but the kid's all, 
but you're the bad man. Only his voice is deeper than mine sometimes. Yeah. I mean, so it's not a bad way to go. Like the kids got PTSD. Right. I'm fine with storyline. Yeah, that's fine. It's just that how they show chose to show that on the screen it didn't make any sense. Like if the kid was eight, uh, sure. But he's not. He's like 14 easy. Yeah. Um, so it, it just looks a little bit ridiculous. Um, so maybe just change the dialogue for that kid and it would work because I don't think it's a bad but way to go storyline wise. I'm also under the impression that Felicity and Oliver are actually together, but they don't talk about it much on the show, which is the way well, I prefer it. Well, that's the rumor is that they, we're going to get some more Elicity bullshit leading up into the crossover. I don't care if they're together. I honestly don't. It doesn't actually make or break it for me as long as they don't just make everything about like... But I can't be the man that I need to be if I have you. If they don't do any more, like, which is stupid because um, it's like you, you, you've you been that the whole fucking time. Um, and, and ditto for everything that uh, Felicity's bullshit has brought about. So um, he was definitely shooting holes, shooting people full of holes uh, pretty early on in the episode this this week. So, yeah, I was I was enjoying it. I don't know if he's actually legit killing people, but he was, I don't know he was shooting them, but he, he was, was shooting, shooting some arrows. I, I enjoyed, you know, arrow shooting arrows. Uh, that, that was a good way to go, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think this is a strong open for the show. Um, I think we did get enough in there that has me interested in coming back, which, you know, after season four is a big if season five was pretty, pretty good though. So I, I, I think I'm kind of back all in, like I no longer grudgingly watch Arrow. I enjoy watching it. So I mean, it's only first episode, so I guess we'll have to. You're we'll, saying it's we'll not too late to for Guggenheim to fuck it up. I mean, he's <laughs> actually Guggenheim. Um, I don't. I, I can't hate his writing these days because honestly, I'm reading X Men Gold still. Yeah, uh, and I'm really enjoying it. Cool. So weird. What parallel right? universes we slip into? Trump's president and Guggenheim's a good writer. I um, know. So all yeah. right, well, let's talk about another series that's near and dear to our heart. Uh, this one's animated, and it's about Batman. It is, in fact, Batman the animated series. How do you think they thought of the naming for that? I think it probably took months in a boardroom with a lot of people around a conference table. And they're like, so we're going to call it Batman? Why the fuck not? And it's animated? Yep. Put it in there. Batman the Animated Series, right? Yeah. All right. Let's go to lunch. Yeah. Everybody take two. Uh, you guys get the big lobster plate on me. It was a good meeting. Um, so best animated episodes of uh, best Batman the Animated uh, Series episodes uh, posted on some link I found on Twitter. Um, yeah. And this, so this is this is put together by some people that I don't know, but we'll call them Sarah and Todd, maybe. Because that, that's their names in the thing. So, yeah. Um, so Sarah's picks, uh, number five, Eternal Youth. Um, that's she, not an episode that I remember all that well. I don't either. And she says right up front. So this might be a weird pick, but here we go. Uh, and it basically comes down to nostalgia. Um, Terror okay. in the Sky, number four. Uh, this I do think is a good pick. I actually like this one a lot. There was kind of a, a twist in this episode, which this was, was not the good. first man bat one, right, though? No, it's not. That yeah. was like the series opener. This is a follow up later. So right. uh, number three, Growing Pains. Um this is a Robin-centric episode. Basically, Robin falls in love with a Clayface drone, which I forgot Clayface could do this, and maybe it was only in the animated series, but, you know, whatever. Is this actually an animated series, or did this one come from, like, the, the one that was actually, like, called Batman and Robin Adventures I or something? I think it probably was, because I think, uh, like most nerds, they conflate the two. Um, yeah. So, I, and I'm pretty sure that happens, because one of the other guys' picks I remember reading was, we like... We do have Robin in yeah. Batman the Animated Series occasionally, but this is, I think this is, this Robin is different. Yeah. This might actually be Tim Drake. Uh, number two, Perchance to Dream. Uh, this one I actually do that, like. That's a really good episode. Yeah. Uh, number one, Trial. 
Um, this one is a fun episode, but I, this one this isn't going to be my number one pick. It, it would probably not be my number one, yeah. And we'll find no, out this because is, this has got the the weird ass uh, scarecrow with the uh, blonde wig on. Yeah. Um. When we get yeah, Todd's picks. So when we get to him, his first pick is New Batman Adventures. So, um, Over the Edge. Uh, is that the one? Yeah. If Batgirl died, this is a really good episode. I yeah, like it. it was. It was. Uh, two par- two face both parts is number oh, four. That's two episodes. That's cheating. That is cheating, but it's a good pick. So it I'm is. gonna let it. I'll let that one stand. Um, Todd, you're, you're on thin ice though. Yeah. Uh, number three, the Clock King. Actually, one of my favorite episodes. Clock King. Yeah. It's a good episode. It, it is. Uh, number two, this is actually probably my number one pick. Um, oh, just because God. this, yeah. this would have been my number one pick. It's a- every day heart of, the week. of ice. And I think, uh, there's no overstating how much of a joke villain Mr. Freeze was up until this episode of the animated series. Um, we wouldn't even be talking about freeze if not for this episode. Um, it, it really, uh, that's, that's a Paul Dini story too. Yeah. It humanized Victor and gave him such a tragic background and, and the storyline just in general was just not something you expect to see in a kid's cartoon show. So, yeah. um, that, that is definitely my number one pick todd's however was um uh if you're so smart why aren't you rich um this is a riddler episode and i honestly don't really remember it honestly i do i do it's i don't know why it's number one over over the the heart of ice heart of ice is such an amazing episode i think we've talked about it numerous times on the show heart of ice and over the edge are two of my probably favorites uh two faces are really far up there too um so Two Face, especially because there was a lot of that. That's another one that's a very dark storyline for kids. What What's um, incredible too is that Heart of Ice and Two Face are both season one stories. Oh yeah, yeah. Season one was a beast. Yeah. Um, they had uh, a lot of good stuff in there. So, um, so anyway, uh, this is just a good reason for us to talk about Batman the Animated Series again, even though it's thirty years old, old or something at this point, more than thirty, thirty-five, twenty, twenty. Oh yeah, because math. <laughs> yeah, because uh, math. Um, twenty something, twenty five years old. Um, it's it's still probably one of my favorite incarnations of the Cape Crusader. Yeah, ninety two. Yeah. Mm, no, I'm pretty positive ninety two. Yeah, it's ninety two because it came out the same year as Batman. Uh, Mask of the Phantasm. Yo, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Because it was like right on the heels of that. Yep. All right. Oh, speaking of that, before we move on, shall right? Well, hell, we're in we're in miscellaneous anyway. I can talk about this. Well, no, we got Marvel to go. We haven't even hit Marvel. Oh, we yet. haven't hit Marvel. Did I skip past it? I, I did. did. Yeah, fuck me. Okay. Well, we'll talk about this right now because anyway, I'll forget it otherwise. Go ahead. So I watched it with the oldest kid. Okay. Yesterday, Stephen King's It, it um, as opposed to uh, Nancy Drew's It. Well, I mean, I didn't no, want to. I didn't want anybody to think it was a euphemism. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he just watched a couple of people going at it on the number sidewalk. one. Yeah. Super enjoyed the movie. I didn't think I would because I'm not really a horror movie buff. Um, the the story of it though is actually probably one of my favorites because I remember reading the book in middle school and really enjoying it. And I watched the ABC miniseries and I thought it was really fucking good. Yeah, I was like, oh, oh yeah, it's easy to turn a Stephen King property into uh, a, a visual property, and then it turns out not so much. Langoliers. <laughs> then it turns out Langoliers and Balky Bartokamas happened. Yeah. Um, but uh, I actually even like Langoliers. Um, uh, the stand though, the stand's my jam. I I love the stand. Stand yeah. was good, but Lawnmower Man, fuck that shit. Mm, no, no Lawnmower Man. Um, uh, anyhow, uh, really enjoyed it. Um, it was a period piece. It was actually set in 1988 and 89. Nice. Uh, and so, um, like they get out of school for the summer, and like there's one scene where they're well, there's a couple scenes downtown. You kind of see the theater a couple times, and and what's billing on it, and it's like totally like Batman. And Lethal Weapon Two are like badass are on the on the marquee, and then like later on, it's uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Five, I believe. Wow, 
Um, and the wife got home after she saw it, because uh, she saw it a couple months ago. And she was like, was Nightmare on Elm Street 5 out then? And I I did the IMDb math, and I was like, yep, it was out. <laughs> do you think uh, they got the Duffer Brothers to do that whole thing? Because, uh, you know, so obviously, um, what's his name? The fucking Wolf Kid. Um, oh, uh, from Stranger Things? Yeah, he's yeah. in the movie, and uh, it's it's very 80s theme. It, well, obviously, he said it's a period piece um, in much the same way that Stranger Things is. Yeah. Um, and just hearing all that, it just it immediately draws me back to that. So that's interesting because I didn't feel like I would have any sort of nostalgia for the eighties whatsoever, eh, but I really like the aesthetic in, in stranger things. And I think I'm probably going to really like the aesthetic in it as well. I, I, and I, and I think stranger things two uh, season two is going to double down on that even more. I think Plus, it's getting but, so that it's, it's going to be harder and harder to do a modern day horror movie because like these days, most horror movies could be solved because they're just like, Oh yeah, just use your iPhone and, 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 you know, find my friends them or whatever. Yeah, no, this, this was, this was a fun movie. Um, specifically because i was familiar with the story already and then um because this movie and this might be a spoiler to some it's not a huge spoiler it's not i'm not going to talk about the movie the end of it at all but um it literally is just the first part of of the book um i don't know if you ever saw the original um it miniseries where it kind of bounced back and forth between them as adults and them as kids yeah definitely this is literally just the kid part oh interesting um so the sequel will be the adult piece of it (sighs) Um, but, uh, it, it, it's, it, the kids did such a fucking amazing job, uh, which is in a crazy, like, um, crazy thing to say, like childhood acting is usually cringy at best, you you know, see also our arrow discussion five minutes ago. Yeah. Um, but the, yeah, the kids that they're, that they're churning out Hollywood's, you know, churning out these days, uh, uh, are just amazing. Like the whole Stranger Things cast. That's another thing that, you know, just has me thinking about this movie is they're all legitimately great. Like there's none of those characters that I'm just like, oh man, that kid just needs to go back to, you know, well, and Ems was talking about what, what, what's his name from Stranger Things? Uh, uh, it's like Wolfgang or something like Wolf, that. Wolfheart something. Wolf. I can't remember. It's, 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 it's his it's name is legit something. badass. Uh, yeah. and he's in a band too, uh, plays uh, guitar. Well, he's he cooler than I'll ever be. She was she was talking about him, and she was like, "So, Stranger Things set in the eighties. Uh, kid bands together with his friends to fight some kind of evil monster. Now he's in it in the eighties. Bands together with his friends to fight some kind of monster." She's like, "I'm sensing a theme here," and I yeah. was like, "You might That's be called a little typecasting, sweetie." Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, but he he's badass. Um, they're all really good. Um, actually, that's one of the things the wife said too when she saw it. Um. I was kind of butthurt actually because I wanted to go see it with her, and then like, uh, then her friend was like, "Hey, we should go see it while it's still here in town," and blah blah blah. And then I had to stay home with the kid and didn't get, didn't get yeah, to see it. Rough. A little kid, so. But then the oldest kid wanted to go see it with her friends, uh, like Friday night. And I was like, so I don't necessarily. I'm not down with you going with your friends and like some other dude. Yeah. Uh, buying my daughter a ticket to an R-rated movie. I was like, but I'll I'll take you to it. So. Mm. So we did that instead. Um, and well, I cool. I guess it means I, I will probably need to see the movie. The um, the, the, which, the period I, piece I, itself was good, and the acting in it was was even better. Um, I don't know if this is true. Emmy Emmy uh, has been studying a lot though, and she said that the uh, Bill Skarsgård, who plays the Pennywise character, they didn't meet him. Oh fuck! That's uh, that's fucking yeah. Eric Northman. Yeah. Weird. Uh, they didn't meet him, I guess, until they s- filmed a scene with him at first. So their reactions were kind of genuine. Oh, I'd heard and that it, too. So, uh, it's a good movie. I, I enjoyed it. I was like, the, 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 the creators must have just been like, well, we need to give these kids nightmares for the rest of their lives. Let's do that. Yeah. There, there's some fucked up shit that happens in the movie. Though. I don't, <laughs> I, I definitely don't want 
No, I'm not editing anything. I definitely don't want to uh, come out uh, of the gate and say, oh, yeah, it's a great family film. It's not a family film, for sure. No. All right, Uh, shall we move on to Marvel? Yeah, let's talk about The Gifted. Okay, so uh, The Gifted is a new show on Fox. It is in the mutant universe, and it seems to draw some sort of weird parallel to mutants in general. There's some talk. I kind of get this feeling that we're in the Logan universe a little bit. Like, there seems to be some talk about mutant crackdowns that didn't exist. Um, There's also some hints to what could be the ending of X3, what could be, I don't know, half the fucking X films. so. So the deal is it's Fox. And we don't necessarily have to be dealing with the same universe that we dealt with in any of the movies. You no. have to accept that. No. So we don't know. Um, I am actually really impressed about some of the mutants they did use. Um, John Proudstar, for one. Yeah. Uh, I was really happy to see him on screen. Blink is one of my all-time favorites. Um, she actually got her uh, start. Her start, like she's a real person. Um, her debut was actually in the Age of Apocalypse series. Oh, wow. That's That's the only place she existed for a while. And she was badass. She was actually really good friends with Sabretooth, and Sabretooth was an actual X-Men. Blink is the, the teleporter? Yes. Yeah, cool. Uh, and also Polaris being a uh, main character in this really, really took me by surprise because... Polaris I recognized, and that was like, I was like, oh, they're going a little bit ballsy at least. Polaris is Magneto's daughter, and they even allude to that. Nice. So that's pretty fucking amazing that they're, that they're like, going with some, like, I mean, second tier, I guess? The, I don't I'd think we'll get say, top tier mutants in it, but yeah, uh, Cyclops isn't going to be showing up anytime soon. I doubt. No, no, um, but, but Proudstar. I mean, for sure, like he's one of the featured characters in Weapon X right now. You know, it's kind of a shame too because I think if nothing else, Supergirl's shown me that it's okay to do a top tier character. Um, you know, yeah, like for sure, Superman shows up and it's mostly fine. Um, so I, I don't think that they need to separate it so much because uh, let's face it, we're going to watch them both. Like, um, if you have Cyclops in the or or you know um. Uh, uh, Wolverine or something like that in The Gifted. Uh, we're still going to go see the movies, so yeah. it's fine. Uh, so just go ahead. Casting, casting this was also interesting. Uh, some characters that uh, I actually am relatively happy to see on TV again. Uh, Stephen Moyer. I don't know if you're familiar with him at all, but he was in uh, True Blood. Yeah, I am because you know we were just talking about Eric Northman. So yeah, um, I, I I begrudgingly watched all seven seasons of that. Uh, his wife, uh, Kate. Strucker uh, is portrayed by Amy Acker, who um, looks familiar, but I can't think of where if she's we familiar. ever do a deep dive on the Buffy verse. She'll be there. Uh, she'll be there because she's actually a character in Angel for like four out of the five seasons that it's on. No, oh, pretty sure. interesting. She plays Fred. Cool. <laughs> Her name is Fred. <laughs> um, uh, Natalie Ellen Lind, who plays Lauren Strucker, the daughter. Um, if you watched season two of Gotham, she plays Silver St. Cloud. I did, and because I was watching The Gift, and I was like, why does she look so fucking familiar? And then I went to her IMDb, and I was like, oh, okay. Yep. Um, and then you also got Kobe Bell, um, who I recognize from Burn Notice. I did not. Kobe Bell, is that the kid? No, Kobe Bell is the um, asshole who um, is holding uh, 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 Stephen Moyer's character. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, who arrests him. He's He's in Burn Notice. Uh, he played Jesse Porter in that. He was also in Third Watch, which I'm not as familiar with. Nope. Um, he's in some other things too that we've seen recently. He's he's got a very familiar face. So yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> he also plays Conway Stern in Archer. <laughs> Overall, uh, I'm still watching it. I like the show. It's not blow away. Like it's still as far as like X Men TV shows. Uh, it, I. I 
I'm still balls to the wall for Legion, and that, and Legion is still a phenomenally better show than pretty much anything we've talked about tonight so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like this show. Uh, it has kind of a slow start, and I'm a, I was a little bit reticent getting into it, but I think it does pick up a little bit, uh, only in that um, it feels a little bit derivative in the beginning. Like uh, uh, they they you know they're. I don't know. The, the X storylines um, are always sort of about the this sort of like, um, you know, just inherent racism against mutants. And this doesn't, uh, you know, break that mold by any means. No, but I think it's probably a very relevant story to tell uh, in Trump's America. Yeah, right now, I think it, it's a good time to be telling this type of story. Um, and I do think the show has progressively gotten better. Um, so I'm interested to keep watching it because I, I like how it's turning out so far. The, um, the, the third episode is actually on as we record. We haven't watched it. So, yeah. Um, it's hard to tell with only two episodes to go, but I actually enjoyed it. Um, the first time I tried to watch the first episode, Natalie was actually up in the middle of the night throwing up several times. So that was fun. Yeah. I, I it took imagine several tries to actually finish episode. it. Yeah. Um, and then the second episode I actually just watched today, um, because I'm a little bit behind on some of my television watching. Yeah. Um, there, there's some themes I hope they explore more, like, uh, notably, uh, Stephen Moyer's character, whose name I can't remember, um, starts off as like the guy prosecuting mutants and he seems to immediately 180 when his kid is one. Uh, it, and that I'm, that I want them to explore that theme a little bit more because Which they totally do in the second episode a little bit because uh, the lighty up dude whose name I don't remember well, right now when he was talking to barely. the wife he, and he was like so yesterday your husband was totally putting us away in jail and now all of a sudden because it's his kid now it's a big deal yeah see like I want him to get to the end of the season and he has to have like a real come to Jesus moment where he like deeply regrets what he's done right otherwise it's just not going to be believable well, because, for me and the wife Although is there's like, a lot of you know people do that all all the time the wife is a little bit less involved and like so she's just like. At the end of this episode, she's telling her kids, she's like, yeah, so this is uh, our fight now. We're totally doing this. Yeah. You know, she's on board. Yeah. Um, That's another thing, too. Like, it's just how immediately they 180 on on that. um, I don't think I quite like, and I hope they explore that more as the the show goes on, because I think that's an important theme to explore, especially because it is a good story to be telling right now. But that theme in particular, this whole um, self-examination and really thinking about what you believe uh, and what you're okay with is something that I think is very relevant. It smacks a little bit of Sean Spicer showing up. Trump's American, yeah, 2017. Or whatever show that was that he was on where he actually parodied himself. Yeah. Where it's like, oh yeah, I remember that time I oh, lied to the American people. Now. <laughs> That's so yeah. funny. Uh, no, it's not. You're, yeah. You've done a You're disservice dish. to America, and uh, nobody should ever talk to you again. Um, although I did appreciate that when he was at the NBA, somebody come up to him just to tell him to go fuck himself. So uh, that was fun. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Wakanda a little bit, shall we? Yeah. Uh, Wakanda, home of the Black Panther. Uh, trailer has a lot of action in it. It does, and I think this is where it kind of gets interesting because um, if you've read comics, you know that Wakanda is not some dank hole in Africa. Uh, it, it is actually like this uh, technological paradise on the realm of Atlantis. Um, and so uh, we're getting glimpses of that in the trailer, which look really cool. Can we get Namor? Maybe. Is that a rights thing? Is he is he tied up with Fox? Ooh, you know, I don't know. not using him because technically at one point he was the world's first mutant, but I don't know that he is considered that anymore i don't know i don't know either that's for the legal to decide well yeah so anyway black panther trailer um looks totally awesome yeah lots of action lots of action i want to see andy circus uh even more than i've seen him in the trailer so far because he plays ulysses claw and i think he's gonna be amazing we've seen it a little bit in avengers age of andy circus but i mean he's awesome yeah speaking of that i got war uh for the planet of the apes the other day i haven't watched it yet but i'm i'm totally excited to sit down and actually check it out me too i've been waiting for that yeah 
Um, so yeah, not a lot to talk about in this trailer because I can't really decipher what the actual plot is from the trailer yet. No. Um, all there's I a lot of cool stuff. Is that Black, Black Panther, Panther fight stuff. He runs. Um, he kind of runs faster than cars. Evil Black Panther does other stuff too. We is we that only Black Panther or is that yeah. He's evil Black Panther. I guess I don't know. He looked. I, I, th- I think that tell. was the thing. I yeah. think there's like good back Black Panther, bad back Black Panther. Um, the you know I will say from this trailer in this. That's that's what I'm waiting to see. That'll be a do. big question. I think it's probably in there. It might be Stinger level. Uh, but I think he's definitely going to show up. Yeah, I think I think we see something with Buck. Yeah. Um, so I think another thing that's interesting here is like we've seen uh, Black Panther in Civil War. We only get the barest taste of what he can do in that. Um, there's a lot of cool shit in this trailer, so you should watch it for that alone. Um, but yeah, uh, overall, like it. I'm still excited to go see this movie. Uh, one thing, and I, this is more of a question. I don't know if this is uh, wrong for me to think, but this is the first trailer uh, for a... Well, I don't know. This is probably going to be inaccurate. There's hip-hop running through all the Black Transfer... Black Panther trailer so far, mm-hmm. which is not something I think we've seen so far. And I'm wondering, are they just doing that because he's black? Does that is that actually something that connects more with the black audience? And this is a black superhero, so I sh- I'm being racist Ooh. by asking about I don't, it. I don't know. Or am I being am I being super woke by asking why this is why the, this is the only trailer that I think I can remember a Marvel movie having hip hop in I, I, because it's the first black hero? So number one, really I don't think you're being racist, with. but that's because I know you're not. Yeah. Well, uh, no, I was just curious so, watching this. Like, I, am I being racist thinking it, or am I being racist for not being upset by it? Uh, or b- both. I don't may- know. Maybe Whatever. I don't know. No, I don't think you're being racist at all. But I, it does seem like a prevailing theme, uh, even in the Netflix series. Like we really only see hip hop uh, stuff going on in like Luke Cage. Yeah, um, which makes a lot more sense because they're in fucking Harlem. They're in um, Harlem, so yeah, that, they're I mean, not it, Wakanda. And it's a club in Harlem. Yeah, they're not in Wakanda. I did. I mean, the the you know, I don't know. Are the are the Wakandans like really big into Jay Z or something? You I, know, I think how to make that better is I think in Daredevil season three, you just have Matt Murdock listening to Wu Tang a lot. Well, I mean, I, you got that with uh, you got that with uh, uh, um, what's his face, Iron Fist. Yeah. Iron Fist has one of one of the best hip hop soundtracks. He, he does listen to Wu Tang. Like I will give them, I will give them the existence of Iron Fist being a, a series just because the uh, soundtrack for it's really good. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. There was there was hip hop in it. Do you think there's going to be hip hop in the Lego Black Panther movie? I don't know. Is 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 this a know. theatrical release? I think this is yes. All right, it's not straight to Netflix. No. Um. Well, I could click the link. I, I think I just threw this in here. I, I haven't, haven't looked at it yet. Yeah, so this is um, from flickeringmyth.com, a very popular website we all know and love. Uh, Film arriving next year, blah, blah, blah. No, I think this is a legit, like, they're just doing a Black Panther thing. They're looking to capitalize on some of that WB Lego money. Oh, nope, sorry. Unlike the Lego movie, Lego Batman, and Lego Ninjago, this won't be a theatrical release, but continuing in the vein of Lego Marvel superheroes, Maximum Overload, and Lego DC superheroes, and so on. So, yeah. Um, okay. But so still, not in the theater. It's a thing that's going to happen, so that's cool. You know what is going to be in the theater? What's that? New Mutants. Good segue. I think we're getting good at this. I mean, got like a hundred episodes, of these right? In, yeah. like- um, so, New Mutants is not at all what I was expecting when I clicked that link. Uh, yeah, this but movie... in fairness, I don't know anything about it, so... I mean, it I know... It seems weird. It does. It, like, it's like, it's like Resident Evil with mutants. It's Barely, because the, the the there's mutants, but it doesn't really show you. I think like, we saw Ilyana. They, they, I mean, they say the 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 what appears to be the evil doctor says there's mutants, and then that's like it. They, that's what they show you, and then it the rest of it looks like a horror trailer. I definitely think we saw Ilyana Rasputin, who would be Colossus's little sister. Cool. She'd be the blonde girl. 
I think that's I think that's who that gotcha. is. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, can't really tell a lot uh, from this trailer yet. It's just it, there is one. So there's a link in the show notes. Check it out. Um, if you're an X Men fan, tell us what you think. You yeah, can do that. Definitely. Questions at whatever.co or you can tweet us at whatever.co or just at whatever show. At whatever show. Yeah. yeah. Facebook.com slash whatever show. We usually do that at the end. Maybe we should put that up front. Well, I just, you know, I said, tell us what you think. And I yeah. figured I better tell yeah. them how to tell us what they it's think. It's a good idea. It's a good no. idea. Um, so last up in the Marvel news breaking section. News. This is breaking news, guys. Yeah. Inhumans is still a pile of shit. Yeah. It is. It's something. What is the L. Roker guy on Family Guy? It's real bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't like the show. Uh, I'm still watching it, but uh, I don't particularly care for it. I mean, it it has everything from the cliched, um, let's seduce the small Asian man. Yeah. Uh, Let's 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 have the ironic scene where Medusa demands money from the ATM by telling it she's the queen. I don't know. There's a lot of parts of this, like the whole scene with the uh, the um, what's his fucking face with the tattoos, Karnak. Yeah, when when this chick's like, okay, so I met you five minutes ago. Let's go have sex in the ocean. Uh, I was like, is this a porno? Because that, that that's was a, the that's only a porno part of the that I was interested in. Because I'm like, hey, she took her shirt off. She's hot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but sorry, I'm. I'm woke, but I'm not that woke. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, that, that whole scene didn't really make any sense. It's like, well, this guy seems to be mildly autistic. Other than I, I should up, have sex with it, him. It, it, I guess um, set up the end scene where the one pot grower killed the other pot grower. Yeah, I but guess. But nobody knows it because Karnak and the other, and the chick are still fucking in her tent now. Yeah. So whatever with that. Um, as for, uh, Medusa. Yeah. I don't think I like her. Just. I don't like. I, 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 don't I like fucking her. hate everything about her so far. Um, not even like she's like this is not written well. It's not necessarily uh, even like brought to life well. Like the Anson Mount probably is is my favorite so far, and mm-hmm. I even like Karnak, but I don't necessarily like what they're doing with his character right now. Yeah, um, Gorgon, Black Bolt's good, but I mean, how 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 difficult? I mean, he does a fairly good job of being a lineless character, but right, he's a lineless character. How hard is that to write? Gorgon. Um, his storyline right now makes zero sense because I don't understand nope. why the boy, uh, the band of missionaries, missionaries, mercenaries, um, is so intent on uh following him into battle when they've known each other for approximately three and a half minutes. Yeah, that that whole thing was just like he's earned the loyalty of like um a, a captain in the field of years and years, and it's like you, the dude just got fucking here. You're like he's got hooves. I guess we need to follow this guy to the death. Uh, and then you know two seconds later they're talking like they're freedom fighters. Like and, he died doing what he loved, you know, sort of thing. And it's like yeah. no, no, that's not the that's not that. There's no character backstory that makes this believable. Yeah. Um. I I again am feeling myself feel sorry for Ramsey Bolton. Because uh, his dialogue is completely atrocious. Um, Although th- that's the thing with him, I- uh, Iwan, I think is his name, I- Iwan Rian. Yeah. Um, his dialogue does pretty much suck, and his character also is kind of annoying because it's just like he's doing evil things, but not even in the gleeful way that uh, Ramsey does it. No, um, Ramsey enjoyed his work. It- it's just like uh, I don't know. He's just. He's such a one-dimensional bad guy so far um, that it's kind of sad because clearly Iwan is a talent, and and so that they're kind of wasting that is bothersome. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, I if this show 
here's the deal. The show isn't going to get a season two, so I'll probably finish watching this season. I, I, it might, but if it gets a season two, it's not necessarily going to be on its own merits. It's going to be because Disney wants to push it. Yeah, and I won't watch it. I won't watch season two. I'll, I'll finish the season just because I think it's probably all we're going to get of yeah, the humans. Well, I mean, I, I, I want to say the same thing, but then Agents of the Shield happened too. So yeah. um, it could just be like a, a Marvel ABC curse where they can't make a good season one or first half of a season one. We'll see. I don't know. This is, this is so much more atrocious than S.H.I.E.L.D. was, though. I like Grant Ward at least by this time in season one of no Grant actually was one of the characters that I cared least about by this time in the show because he was just such a one dimensional uh, goody two shoes yeah you were in it for Chloe Bennett he didn't yeah he didn't get the slightest bit interesting until they they turned him yeah no Daisy Daisy was my jam too Um, although she wasn't Daisy back then she was whatever her other name was Sky Sky yeah she was Sky Um, all right and she actually got on my nerves in season one of Shield too because they were like oh we're gonna go with the uh, Felicity Hacker bullshit kind of thing even though I think they might have been at the same time they did that for like ten seconds though and they're like well well they did and they didn't like they still like they they did she was like an edge lord hacker for the first season or so and then they went inhuman with her which I think was uh, a much more interesting way to go. So. Yeah, now she doesn't touch computers anymore because, you know, she'll shake them apart or some shit. Very occasionally. I think in the last season, she had like five minutes where they're like, oh, yeah, aren't you one of the most skilled hackers in the world? Maybe you should do this. She's and like, then, I haven't looked at code in a year and a half, bitch. Yeah. No, yeah. It's changed a year and a half. Yeah. I can't get through a firewall. You can't yeah. hack a Gibson. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, that was from hackers, by the way, guys. Oh, I know. I, I don't Crash you know. override, baby. I know um, you know. Yeah. Anyway. Um, all right. I got to pee. We should get another beer. And then we're going to talk about why Star Trek Discovery is so fucking cool. Yeah. Star Trek Discovery is fucking cool. It is fucking cool. So... No, I... I, Again, before we get into depth on this, um, I I should preface this with Eddie and I actually both really enjoy Star Trek Discovery. Um, Again, I've said in the past, this is not the Star Trek I'm used to. So I want to... When we get into the depth part, I want to nail that down. But, of course, the reference we're making here uh, where we're saying it's fucking cool is uh, in the middle of the episode somewhere, uh, the character whose name I can't remember, the redhead chick. Tilly. 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 She's, that Tilly. She, you know, it's kind of a serious moment. And Tilly just stops and says, okay, guy, okay guys, this is fucking cool, right? Uh, and she says it in, like, such an awkward fucking way because Tilly is an awkward character, uh, which I like about her. She's sort of – she's not quite comic relief, but she is the, the levity in the show so far. Um and super serious what's his fucking face is like you know what it is fucking cool yeah yeah <laughs> so like it's which is kind of a break from him so the whole scene was just glorious and and it's also a big thing because it's like whoa they said fuck on star trek that's a new that was incredible to me i was like i don't even understand what's happening right now um i didn't have to understand though because it fit the context of the story and i actually really enjoyed it yeah can we do the death part now because I, I got a thought on this uh, shoot, because I'm looking some stuff up on uh, IMDb right now, so I'm going to let you do what you do. Okay, so here's the depth part. Um, to me, this is where this, uh, this is where I kind of realized this show is Star Trek. And when I say that, I don't mean like, I don't know what show I'm watching. I didn't see the title card fly by or something, or I don't notice the Star Trek insignia all over the uniforms. I mean, we've joked about this on the show previously in that the Orville is the best Star Trek show on TV right now, and Discovery is, uh, uh, different. Um, so where I, I say that this is the the show where this uh, or the episode where this became Star Trek to me is because thematically it became a much more Trek show. Um, so the whole storyline with the tardigrade and you know having to show humanity and dealing with a creature that's uh, they don't know about and and all of that stuff um, that was a very I think Star Trek esque storyline that I, I was very happy to see back in Trek. Um, 
there's other elements too, I think, that are interesting, uh, because, you know, one of the things that Star Trek has done since its inception in 1963 is sort of challenge these social norms of the time with much more progressive views, like famously having the first interracial kiss on, on screen, um, which I think we agreed was actually debunked, but close enough. We're, we're just going to give it to him. <laughs> I was going to say, don't make me debunk we're, that We're going to give it, we're going to give it to him. Um, so anyway, they, they've definitely been socially progressive for their time. TNG, of course, one of the things that I loved about that show is that it was tackling issues of the day, uh, in interesting ways. And, um, and it showed us all that a black man could be chief engineer on a starship or fucking captain. Uh, the oh, entire wait. space station. Um, <laughs> uh, either way is fine. That um, was that was uh, me being intentionally racially insensitive, uh, just to show all you guys how stupid it really sounds. Yeah. So the 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 this show I think uh, brought up a lot of things that I just really like in Trek, uh, and so I think this is the show where I, I find or the episode where I finally like okay this is Trek the 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 whole thing here is this is not PG Trek anymore. Um, so uh, Trek previous to this has been essentially PG. This is wartime Trek. We've never really seen like war time star trek i mean yes there there was some stuff in the jj movies um well see it is but but it's always been this is this is war between the federation and the klingons like this is this is a little bit grittier it's a little bit more realistic i mean i I know this is a thing that people probably actually hate about this show but i like that you get some sort of um realistic character interactions like uh people should like saru should be fucking wary as hell about uh um michael burnham uh um that's that's a thing that i don't think we would have seen <coughs> in previous incarnations of trek but it's great this is also the first time like everybody always questions like what are they going to do with the captain um so number one this is the first time i think in, in trek where the captain is not the main character no and number two, where they were like, okay, so with the first Trek, we're going to get this womanizer sort of, you know, brash uh, uh, sort of character in, in Kirk. And then with um, uh, Next Generation, we're going to get the ultra diplomat and so on and so forth. And then we get to this and they're just like, can we get somebody who's kind of a sociopath? Uh, sure. Why not? Um, so I, I like that they're doing something that's it's that's uh, decidedly different and yet now is starting to feel thematically similar to me because that's the Trek I love. Um I enjoy this uh, quite a bit. We do see this, so th- number one, this does not uh, this doesn't this doesn't fall under Roddenberry's I- idealistic banner of like there is no personal conflict with the crew on the ship because we've moved past that. Yeah, except um, for we're humans, we're, almost, we're ever gonna. There, there, yeah, there's conflict between almost everybody on this. Like uh, Saru and Michael Burnham don't necessarily get along because Saru thinks that Michael Burnham. Uh, is a loose cannon and will and make judgment which, calls that fairness, might. She kind of is. Um, yeah. Um, uh, uh, Michael Burnham doesn't necessarily um, see eye to eye with uh, Captain Lorca because he's nobody actually really knows what his motives are. No, we get uh, probably the most reveal we've gotten for Lorca so far in this episode about what kind of person he is. Uh, um, and you know, it's not it's not what you'd expect. It's not what you expect yeah. from Trek. But I thought it was a a very interesting way to go with the character. So um, yeah. So a couple spoilers here. Um, we do get to see um, a new character in this. Uh, and when I say new Dwight character, Schrute. um, no, no, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> no. I'm talking about Rain Wilson's return to television. That's what I'm talking about. Quite true. Oh yeah. Rain Wilson. Well, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. You were, you were talking office terms. Yeah. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. 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 He is not Dwight Schrute in this. No, though. he's nope. good. He's actually. Harry Mudd. He's Harry Mudd. Who you may remember from two episodes of Star Trek, the original series. I don't, but yeah. Mudd's women. That's one of my favorite episodes. Or iMud, either one. They're Which good. They're both is good. Cool because that uh, there's some nice callbacks to that in this episode. Then 
it's actually kind of a or, shame that or I don't foreshadowing. Really it's more foreshadowing than this because it's ten years before. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we we get to see Harry Mudd, and that's fun. Um, there was references to Christopher Pike as well. There was actually Saru is doing this like uh, computer um, cross reference. Uh, you know, best leadership qualities of starship captains and blah 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 uh, of best known starship captains, and they show most awarded and like um, uh, Georgia Philippa is on there and Pike is on there, Archer's on there, and I think maybe one captain whose name we don't know. Um, right. But there's like four captains and they, you know, go through the whole list and Saru's like self-grading, which that was an interesting scene too. It was also sort of interesting because they set Saru up as somebody who should be the quintessential bitch character. Like um, in that he's like, my species is bred from a pack of prey and we do everything we do is fear-based and blah, blah, blah. But he's got balls of steel. Um, so I kind of, I kind of enjoyed that too. Like I enjoyed that they are giving that character some depth. That, that's depth. one of those things that it feels as he's doing what he's doing, it feels like it goes against every fiber of his being to do it. But oh, he's yeah. doing it because that's what Just a captain would do. Just seeing him in a captain role to me is like uh, something else because the way that they set that character up, it, it's like um, you couldn't see him ever, you know, being first in sh- first in command uh, on a ship like that. So, um, but but he did, and he was actually remarkably pretty good at it. He he made some hard choices in the episode but i thought that gave the character a lot of depth too especially because you know i think he showed genuine remorse about it at the end so yeah yeah no um i enjoy this a lot we are um oh we got to see our first on-screen couple as well yeah this is another oh this is another quintessentially star trek thing tune out right now if you're not woke yeah talking about like progressivism in, in in star trek and and showing you know what the future was like you know in the in the original series and even in tng uh, interracial marriages were the thing you know even like with uh um chief 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 what's his fucking face chief uh oh henry right. yeah there we go <laughs> <I was laughs> oh, like, so what's up i was like what's an irish name chief chief o'hannigan or whatever um <laughs> And uh, Keiko. Keiko, I remember because... Oh, uh, Danny boy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Keiko. So seeing interracial marriage in the early series was like a thing that, you know, was like uh, slightly taboo when they did it. Um, and now here we are in this, this one. definitely an interracial relationship. It, an interracial homosexual relationship, <laughs> which is another thing that I wanted to point out, too. Like, if you're going to show a homosexual relationship on TV and you want to be progressive about it and you're trying to actually further a cause or, or you know, be be something, you know, as a beacon of what the future can be, this is a way to do it. Um, like, they... they, they, they uh, you could switch either of those characters with a female or, or switch the races or whatever. And, and the scene still makes perfect sense, which is the way I like this to be done because I, when it just I, entirely revolves I, I around it their sexuality, it's because ridiculous. they were standing there in their pajamas, brushing their teeth together. And like, exactly. Um, I was watching after track with Matt Myra and he was just like, my wife won't even brush her teeth in the same room with me. Like that's <laughs> so that's, see, but I think, I think that's one of the best ways to normalize it. Cause I think that's an activity that happens in American households fucking every single day to millions and millions and millions of people oh, and everybody not wrong everybody like pictures like especially homophobes are picturing gays like they, they just go in there and burn bibles and shit like that uh, um and and uh, uh i don't know have, each other's have mouths. gratuitous butt sex all yeah. over bibles yeah, like they the, don't and this that. is exactly the thing like they they um they showed a gay couple in a completely normal interaction that you know gay couples around america have all the time because they're not some weird alien monster they're just fucking people um and so I, I really I, I like that scene a lot. Uh, so uh, I thought that was a really good thing, and that was another thing that that just made me say, "Oh man, this is this is actually a Star Trek show." Like I I, I know what I'm watching again. You know? Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, 
if you can't tell, we definitely are are all in with this particular show. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, the Orville too. We're all in for the Orville. Um, yep. I can like I can like two things at the same time. Really, you're not you're not wrong for liking or disliking either one of them. I just both shows are great. It just uh, don't try to make them what they're not. No, I've I've really loved the last uh, several episodes of both. Um, the Orville, uh, I think. I liked it from the beginning, but I think it was episode three on that they really are uh, firing on all cylinders. See, so I think speak. I think um, assuming both shows get renewed, I, I would say with almost no doubt that um, Discovery is going to get renewed. Seth MacFarlane says the same thing about Orville. Yeah, and and I'm I, and I'm he kind of owns Fox right now. So. I'm cautiously optimistic about the Orville getting renew- renewed. So I, I'm going to say this is a really awesome time to be a Trek fan. What was the last episode? The last episode was that the Charlize Theron one. Yeah. Because they legitimately had fucking Charlize Theron yeah. in the Orville. And before that, fucking Liam Neeson. Yeah. That was a, another, you know, awesome, like, no buildup, no, like, year, weeks of promotion. Turns like, out the ship they were on was actually his cock. Could have been. Yeah. Had the the biosphere on it and everything. Yeah. Whole whole society thought that they it was a, their entire world. Uh, uh, they just worshipped it as their god. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, you know, they never did show the god, but it was, it was implied it was a real thing. So, yeah. um... Yeah, so the Orville, uh, you know, it's it's going to be hard, I think, not to talk about Discovery and the Orville in the same breath for the next uh, few episodes at least. Um, but I think this is a really great time if you're a Star Trek fan because you really kind of can have your cake and eat it too. You get something entirely new, entirely, not entirely different, but mostly different with Discovery. And you get something that's um, both different, but but definitely familiar like, to Trek. Literally, if you, were, if, if you were a fan of Next Generation, but you were like, man, it would have been so much funnier if Worf made a dick joke every once in a while. Or watch the Orville. Yeah, well, I mean, like, or if you just in general, if you're a fan of the Next Generation or something like that, and you want to see something that's a little bit lighthearted that you don't have to like sit down and really get deep and think about, and it's not gritty, um, it's just really good. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a really good time to be a Trek there's, fan because you can you can like I said, you can have your cake and eat it too. There's already uh, just like things that are becoming normal, like catchphrases and whatnot, like the uh, the I, I can't remember her name, the science officer, the or the I mean, chief security officer on the Orville. Um, I can't either. But it's uh, you know, second uh, McFarland's character is always asking her, "Hey, can you open this jar of pickles for me?" Like <laughs> yeah, every time. I like that. That's like uh, his engage. You know, yeah. like uh, practically. Yeah. Um, uh, and that that's his Picard maneuver at this point. So. Um. And th- but they do like so it's a Star Trek show, for the most part. They don't call it that because you know, legalities and whatnot. But like it it deals with very much Star Trek plots, but also at the same time it also deals with very much like. Uh, what do us average uh, beer drinking 21st century people think is funny? Um, such as when uh, the um, the pilot was teaching the robot guy about practical jokes. And so the robot like cuts <laughs> his fucking leg off in the middle of the night. See, uh, I like that stuff. The, the, I like the humor in the show. The and they're one- like, not even worried about his leg. They're like, did you anesthetize our pilot? In the- <laughs> <laughs> they're like, well, I couldn't cut his leg off if he was awake. Yeah. Um I, I like the humor in the show. The the one thing I will say, the one thing that I could I'm I'm a little over is uh they don't need to do the um Seth MacFarlane esque like modern day sort of uh you know uh, pop culture thing that they do like oh, that, that, that joke's that, funny that's gonna be a thing though but like when they when they say something like uh when they start talking about something like from 2017 that that's where i i, I just sort of like ah f- fucking tone it down you know like you can be funny without just like inserting random pop culture references everywhere no he can't 
<laughs> well, he he can. That, that's the thing. They've they've shown he can. There's a lot of funny shit in that show that is not him like turning and staring at the camera and being like, "You remember the time we blah 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 blah." One of, you one know, of, like a, one of the uh, Family Guy joke. I, the Family Guy was on earlier actually, and it was the Blue Harvest episode. And like, I was just watching the very end where like Chris was arguing with uh, um, fucking Peter mm-hmm. about robot chicken and the merits of robot chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, uh, even funnier because Chris is voiced by Seth Green, who created Robot Chicken. So yeah. I'm just like, uh, you know, but yeah, it, that was a nice nod to fans for a lot of reasons. But that's certainly like a a a a, a Seth MacFarlane signature move, though. Yes, yeah, is a random pop culture reference in the middle of something. So yeah, and like when just... Bordis realized that he shouldn't uh, make his baby get a sex change uh, by watching Rudolph. Yeah, like. See, like, th- that one didn't bother me as much. It's, it's it's really only when they do modern day things, like when they do direct, like, references to modern day things, when we're like, yeah, that reminds me of Trap Topping Single from 2017. You know, like, when they do that kind of joke, that that's where I'm just, like, a little bit like, nah, just don't. Uh, the other stuff, you know, like, there, there are certain, like, timeless things, like, the Rudolph joke didn't bother me because that is just a timeless sort of, you know, classic thing that I'm just happy to see exists in the future. Um, but, you know, that's the thing I like about the Orville, too, whereas everybody on Discovery is, like, these ultra uber elite, you know, members of, uh, the, the, the flagship, uh, for the Federation. This is, like, the B team. Um, so this is the B team in operation. And when it turns out, everybody's really good still. Uh, it's just, they, they fuck around, you know, so. Um, really, I'm also, and this is the sexist part of me, but I'm super, super stoked to see Adrian Palicki in a, a weekly series again. Yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, she's good too, though. I mean, I mean no, she's from, really from good. purely talented, th- you know, from pure talent, but also she's hot. So she's gorgeous, and she makes me believe that she's a first officer on a fucking. See, but that I like, starship, I like, her, so. I like that too. In that, um, they do that. Like, uh, is irreverent as McFarland is in the show. He also turns around and is just a total badass captain. Like the next second, and so I, I really enjoy that. It's funny because I'm realizing the sexual tension between Seth McFarland and Adrian Palicki, uh, playing ex-husband and wife as captain and first officer, is not all that different between Picard and Riker. <laughs> no, it's the same dynamic. Yeah. It's absolutely the same. They just they couldn't help but fucking every now and then. Yeah, um, we're gonna talk about that uh, <laughs> probably next week. Actually, we're gonna sit down and figure out how we're gonna do our new show. We'll see. Yeah, that's the hundredth. I don't know. We, we may not have time, but we'll figure it out soon. We gotta get on it soon, dude. We'll have the summerses though. Like we probably should do an encounter at Farpoint episode while they're all here. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a bad idea. Or maybe uh, Code of Honor because I can't see doing Code of Honor without the biggest racist among our group. <laughs> we miss you Bryce yeah. um, he's not right. even really racist but man he also has zero filter so no it's, it, he does not uh, Settlers of Catan the movie. the movie question mark I don't know anything about this what's that's, going on here that's happening they're okay. going to make a movie out of Settlers of Catan like I'd... it's a board game isn't it yeah I mean Jumanji's a thing so whatever uh, well no no sure. no, but Ju- no, no, no. Jumanji's no, no, a fictional right. board game uh, no, I guess to make a movie about more, more, more apropos would be me saying, uh, so like Battleship, uh, cause that fucking sucked. Yeah. That had Liam Neeson in it too. Jesus Christ. I, I can't wait until they do like, um, like shoots and ladders, the gritty, uh, Candyland dark dr- drama. Yeah. You can actually do us a, a creepy Candyland movie though. If you really want it. I think. Yeah. I don't know. Well, let's talk about Harvey Weinstein. God is it, you know, it seems like not enough people are talking about it, so we might as well. Um, yeah. All right. So Ben Affleck, um, 
just tore fucking Harvey Weinstein to pieces on uh, Facebook and social media the other day, um, which led Hillary Burton uh, from One Tree Hill to be like, hey, remember that time on TRL when you just totally fucking grabbed my tit? Yeah. Actually, she didn't even say it. Legions of fans said it. Yeah. Uh, and then Affleck was like, uh, sorry? Um, more importantly, I didn't know TRL was still on in 2003. Uh, that was practically its heyday. Like, <laughs> TRL in 99 was like the jam. And then I think by 2005 it was probably gone, but yeah. Um, so anyway, let's not talk about TRL because no. Um, <laughs> Um, so this is interesting because I kind of feel like this is the entirety of Hollywood. I, I mean, you could replace Ben Affleck with pretty much anybody here. Uh, um, I feel like this is the entirety of Hollywood with Weinstein. And one of the things that I'm a little concerned about is that like, they're like, uh, well, Harvey Weinstein's out. You know, he's uh, one of the only people of like two actually kicked out of motion picture and arts association. Um, and people are like, I kind of get the feeling he's being scapegoated for everything bad in Hollywood. And now people are going to be like, well, we solved that problem. Let's move on to the next thing. I know the board of directors has actually fired him from the Weinstein company, but it may not actually be legal. So he might actually end up with his job back, which is the sad part. Yeah. See, and I, don't, I just don't, that can't work. Like they'll, they, they'll, they'll find some way to get him out because at this point he's absolutely blackballed. Well, like, he's completely alive. Nobody's going to so, work. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's going to work with Weinstein at this point. So, um, it, except for maybe Lohan. We'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, this is this is weird. This is polarizing people like majorly. Um, Rose McGowan attacked Ben Affleck because apparently when they were doing Phantoms, uh, Weinstein was making unwanted sexual advances toward her, and she even uh, called Ben out and said that when I told you about it, you said, "God damn it!" I told him to knock that off. Why is that a bad thing? I mean, I understand that 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 this is not appropriate behavior for a corporate executive in the movie business but like if your fellow actor is like you know i told him to stop well see there's the, only so much ben can do about it really so that's the interesting side of this to me um so there's been a one of the disappointing things to see that that was entirely predictable came coming out of this is um this comes out and a large contingent of people immediately start victim blaming. Well, why didn't anybody tell us this before? Why didn't this, you know, why did you sit on this for so long? Why didn't these people come forward? And it's like, well, because we've seen what happens when they come forward. And that sort of thing is the exact reaction, I think, that's kind of part of the problem. I told him to knock that shit off is a little bit different from like, no, this is really not okay. We need to go get this guy fired. We need to go talk to the board or whomever we have to talk to. understand, but we're talking about when we made Phantoms in like 1997. Ben Affleck wasn't like a guy who could get an executive Yeah, I know. I, I, you know I what I mean? I, well, I think that's part of it. I think part of it is a little bit that they're like conflating 2017 Affleck with uh, 1997 right. Affleck. And, I, and I'm but I think not part making of it excuses too is like, for Weinstein. Don't get me wrong. Like the guy's a fucking prick. Uh, doesn't deserve a place uh, anywhere in Hollywood at this point, especially working with, you know, impressionable young women uh, in yeah. any way, shape or form. I'm just saying, well, Affleck... I, th- I think he's a flashpoint here because, like, with a, the Burton Affleck incident... can't win for losing when he tries to do the right thing. That's, well, that's the hard but part. That, well, see, the thing here is, though, is that, like, the Burton incident is exactly the type of thing that a lot of people are really railing against. Like, that's the type of thing that uh, people are, are, are notably and, and rightfully upset about that Weinstein did. He just had a, a much more illustrious career being a, a fucking pervert um, than Affleck has, at and, least no, at least as far as we know. Um, who knows? Maybe Affleck's the next guy that's going to go down that comes out and, like, everybody he knows this sure uh affleck's handy on really handy on the set certainly that was a thing that came out about casey so um right um so anyway like 
as as much of you know i've been a fan of affleck's work um it's not shocking like i said this i said this when this news first broke he's not the only one we will hear many many more stories and i hope this is the dam breaking a little bit because cosby was kind of the tip of the iceberg well, you see, you know that's I mean? the like, thing. Like, he is and he isn't because on the one hand, Cosby was, you know, probably one of the most notable stars to go down for this. Um, on the other hand, this type of shit happens all the time. And Affleck's, you know, groping Burton on, on TRL is a good example of exactly the problem. Uh, um, so, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not going to begrudge, like, I'm not going to, um, make excuses from him at all. all. That's exactly the type of uh, predatory dick move um, that everybody's pissed off about, and rightfully so. So right. Um, and I'm not. Again, I'm not making excuses for that behavior. Um, Affleck grabbing some well, boob. Think, at least so far. Okay, but also the difference here is um, TRL and the MTV culture kind of cultivates that kind of behavior too. Well, though you know what I mean. Like you put Jenny McCarthy, which is also a problem. In a group of screaming dudes. It, that's also the problem. Um, but I think. The thing for me with Affleck versus Weinstein and, and talking about this is Affleck did something shitty, um, but he didn't have a gigantic, huge years and years career of it, at least that we know so far. Um, so it, it's one thing to to do a thing that's shitty one time. He didn't um, grab Hillary Burton's boob and then uh, make her fully and then him leverage to that a, a role to get yeah. her, you know, a, a higher role, yeah, somewhere. And I get that. It, he, that's still that's not like okay. A, that's like a douche bro move, essentially. Yeah. We're douche bro move level. We're not necessarily. Um, um, he pulled he pulled frat boy on national TV. Yeah, he he went frat boy on national TV, which don't get me wrong, is not okay. It's sure. not something we're excusing at all. It's just it's a far cry from a Weinstein. Um, this is this is not a it's just locker room talk conversation, guys. Like we do get that, um, it's you know, sexually harassing women, molesting women, um, using your power uh, to make them do things for you in order to um, you know oh, advance your career. Speaking no, of things are okay. Speaking of. Um, probably not the first time and uh, probably not the last time I'm going to say this, but Ted Cruz can totally go fuck himself and the rest of his right wing conservative buddies who, um, are deciding to lambast the Democrats over, uh, um, accepting donations from Weinstein. Um, so most notably, of course, somehow this story has become about Hillary. Um, uh, but, uh, right. complain, the conservatives complaining about taking money from Weinstein is fucking rich at this point you know what you guys did you got a harvey weinstein to the top of the fucking country um people like at this point this this is exactly the type of thing that i think is probably the biggest symptom of this problem in america and just sort of the gross inequality between men and women and what's endured by the two sexes don't get me wrong we we have shitty things for both of us but the difference here is that like you're you you got a donald trump who's been accused by something like 17 or 18 women with nothing to gain from the accusation posted a, a video of him uh back before it was like 2015 or something like that yeah where you've he, got a guy who's on tape multiple different times he was basically he, bragging about sexual assault he was talking about hiring um a girl at one of his restaurants um who had no experience just because she was pretty and at the same time a gorgeous young woman from the audience asked what she could do to 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 work as a as a flight attendant on one of his private planes and he was like oh you can work for me anytime honey like yeah so that, you, that, you, that's that's 
That's this not is another. Okay, guys. This is another thing that, that just I don't. That, uh, a very symptomatic, symptomatic of our entire. You know, lots of problems with America. Just sort of our treatment of women in general. The the divide, the partisan divide. Like all of a sudden, sexual assault has become a partisan issue. Like when Donald Trump does it, okay. When um, somebody that can even be loosely tied to a Democratic Party, not okay. Like guys, it's not a partisan issue. There's no, no Democrats out no. there who are like, oh man, Harvey Weinstein, such a good guy. He gave me money, no big deal. In the way that conservatives are falling all over them themselves to try to excuse donald trump's uh sexual predator uh predatory nature um, um it, when when we've got practically a smoking m- gun maya uh bialik uh who played blossom uh and is also on Dude, big bang know. theory uh she posted a an op-ed on the in the i think it was the post or maybe it was the times i don't remember i don't know um and she's getting lambasted for quote-unquote victim blaming and i don't really think that's what she's doing what she basically was saying was like my experiences were different because I wasn't drop dead gorgeous. I was awkward looking and funny looking, but she even mentions in the article, like she still understood the business that she was in. And she still understood that when people said certain things to her, like it didn't mean what they said and that she had to be careful and whatnot. Um, I encourage anybody to actually read the whole entire article and actually like read the subtext. Don't just read the words that are there because she does talk about beauty a lot in it and and it can kind of come across as, as petty a little bit if you're not really looking at the underlying meaning of it but what she's saying is that she even as an 11 year old kid when she started doing blossom understood the business that she was getting into um and took certain precautions and that doesn't mean that the girls that are getting harassed by weinstein are at fault it just means that it shouldn't be a surprise to people now that things like this are coming out yeah you know what I mean? Um, well, it's not. That's the thing that's disgusting about this is I don't think it's a surprise. Like I didn't hear this and I was like, oh man, I can't believe somebody was uh, sexually horrible in in Hollywood. That's so strange. Uh, it's an open secret. Like, uh, yeah. it, and it's not even really a secret at this point. <clears throat> Just everybody knows. And the problem with the Weinstein's of the world is you have to have like he's got. It's not like one person came out and and accused him there's like a mountain of evidence and it's the same thing with Cosby there's a mountain of evidence it's the same thing with Trump there's a mountain of evidence and even still with Trump there's no consequence um so if you if you want to say anything about you know why did why didn't they come out sooner this is why because it doesn't matter because if you're one woman if you're one woman that comes out with a story like this or even man is because it appropriate to lots of men Cosby have come out of white privilege in this particular situation yeah uh, kind of because I mean it really feels like that I mean, it's more class privilege. And, and I think that's another thing that gets conflated a lot of the time is it's um, a lot of our racial divide and a lot of racial tension in America is really more class tension in America. But sure. anyway, I don't want to have the discussion right now. Well, so, I just kind of wanted to bring that up as a point because it, it is relevant. I mean, it's, yeah, but I'm just not saying, all white people like, are, are affluent and if, can get away with it. If you're one but, of the people who are out there saying, oh, God, why why is this going on so long? Why didn't you know, why didn't somebody come forward sooner? It's that it's because it's because Donald Trump is fucking president of the United States of America in the face of multiple, multiple allegations in the face of having multiple times where he's been taped saying these reprehensible things taped bragging about sexual assault uh taped doing all of these horrible reprehensible things and there's no consequences there is only consequences for the victims in this case um who are going to receive death threats who are going to be politicized who are going to be called money grubbing whores who are just in it for the money um which i don't know what money they think they're getting but um uh, you know, whatever. So that that's why. So just you know, fuck fuck Harvey Weinstein, fuck the Harvey Weinstein's of the world, fuck the Donald Trumps of America, because we know he's just as big of a piece of shit. But unfortunately, he gets a free pass. Meanwhile, the Lindsay Lohan's of the world, and there's only one. So let's not let's not confuse and let's this. keep it that way. Um, are basically 
selling everybody to back up off of Harvey Weinstein because that wasn't her experience with him. Which, of course, you know, if 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 there's one time that Harvey Weinstein didn't rape a woman, um, that uh, apparently gives him a pass. That's, that's like a white guy going, "Well, I didn't get shot by a cop." Yeah, yeah. That's I don't. I never get shot by cops. This is so. You, you, this whole Black Lives, you know, all lives matter. This is this yeah. is the equivalent of that. Yeah. It's so um, um, even going so far as to uh, lay into Weinstein's wife for not standing by his side during these troubling times. Yeah, which, why would you? Um, um, probably this was the thing that finally gave, because hard to believe she would have known something. Not hard to believe that I'm she would have been sucked into a pressured I'm marriage. I'm Lindsay's you know? looking at this going, maybe well, I can get my no career else, back. No Harvey one going to work with me. this guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, only, nobody's working with this guy right now. He's not getting work. Yeah. And I seem to be getting, giving, uh, getting pretty good at these uh, blowjobs for crack things. So maybe I can do one for a role instead. Um this is probably now we're probably moving into the ter- territory where I'm not being woke because uh, the I'm, thing about Lohan is Jesus Christ she's so talented like if she really wanted to be like she could do whatever she wanted to do. Um, well, it's, it's an unfortunate story because um, she did sort of have like everything in front of her and then just completely fucking blew it left and right. Well, it's one of those situations where like this is this is where child actors uh, tend to. Uh, fall into the into the cracks. Uh, they get exploited. Um, they don't they See, don't get taught how to handle. You know, life. but that's another thing that I wonder. Uh, going Lindsay's old old enough that we she can't really use that excuse now. Like she's she's kind of been to the bottom of the barrel, licked it a few times. But that's one of the things that I wondered going into this, given uh, given especially her past and in the sort of rapid downward trajectory. If she doesn't have some sort of history of abuse in here and we've got some sort of like Stockholm situation going, not necessarily even with Weinstein, just with somebody in the industry. There's a lot of actresses I've been wondering about the, about lately like that, that just sort of like blew up overnight uh, and were suddenly in every single movie. Yeah. I mean, there, there's reasons, you know, there's there's legitimate reasons that are not related to this sort of thing that why that would happen. Um, but there's other, you know, there's other not so savory reasons why that sort of thing happens. And so I, I do wonder how much of that is, is this type of thing. Um, and Lohan especially, uh, given her, her, you know, uh, um, just sort of downward trajectory, you know, starting at the top of the roller coaster and nothing but downhill since, um, I do wonder if, if there's not something like that going on with her. So, yeah, no, um, I just, I worry Which is sad because I really just want to shit over on, on Lohan during this thing, but it'd be nice if we could, but like the, th- the thing is, is like, She's just, it's its really, her situation is probably... Um, I mean, some people self-destruct for no reason whatsoever. Um, Amanda Bynes. But but yeah, there is, well, I think Amanda Bynes is legit has like some um, mental shit going on. I can't remember the I mean, last, what, I, what the last thing I read was, but... She does now, but I don't know. Well, I, I mean, that's the thing though. I think she, she has, and I, I think that, you know, she just didn't cope. And, and so that could be an example of like where her, you know, downward spiral really had nothing to do with uh, sexual abuse or anything like that. But... Um, I do wonder how many stories like that, like uh, Corey Feldman has been in the news recently again, because he was talking about how he believed Corey Haim was, he he knew Corey Haim was raped uh, by a high level executive who he wouldn't name. Um, And he got the same sort of treatment. Like Barbara Walters was kind of like victim blaming. uh, This was, this was from the several years ago that he was uh, was telling people that this was the, this business is really shitty. And especially if you're a a young uh, child actor, like you, you need to be careful because there are people that will take advantage of you. And like yeah. Barbara Walters is like, Oh, you're just, you're trashing an entire profession. And he's like, well, fuck you. Yeah, pretty you much. Know? And and so that was kind of the sad thing is it's like, um, <laughs> we, we, um, you know, there's, there's some healthy amount of skepticism in these things because we don't, um, 
there are shitty people out there who will make up claims that are unfounded and just trying to ruin some somebody's career. But I think more often that that's not the case. More often the case is we just we don't listen to victims. And uh, on the same note, Barbara Walters, fuck you. Quite. I yeah. think that's a good point to move on. Uh, fuck Barbara <laughs> Walters. Let's talk some wrestling. Yeah, um, not a ton in the wrestling section uh, this week. Um, however, a week ago tonight, apparently we had a reunion on the WWE, and that reunion was between Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, who we all know I've already reunited, um, and one uh, Roman Reigns. Yeah, so I think they've been telegraphing this one for a little while. When they got Dean and Seth back together, I think everybody was kind of like, well, you just, just got to get it? Roman back. They did it at... Survivor Series last year a little bit because um they they the three of them got together and power bomb somebody they um, did that they was were on opposing I that. brands I think at the time as well so they I do remember them doing that and at the time it was kind of like a it wasn't like a reunion it was like a nod it was Just like kind of a happened neat little real nod quick to the past, and then yeah. never, and then we moved past it but um I think this has been something that's been in the works for a while um you wrote why now. Well, in the, I, in I the think because the, the, the joke I'm going to make here, the thing that I want to say is like, this is this is one of the more convoluted ways to try to get Roman over. But I think I think we could actually uh, one one theory I read that I think I like and that I would like to see is this is going to lead to our heel, to a heel turn for Dean for uh, Dean or Roman. Actually, the, the one I read was Roman. No, um, I think this is Dean. Yeah, I think you're probably right because I, I think um, they're <laughs> I just think, never going to do that I with him. I think but. they're setting WrestleMania 34 up to be Dean versus uh, versus uh, Seth Rollins. And I think this is the way to do it. I don't think this this move doesn't. I don't think benefit Roman Reigns in any way, shape, or form. Oh, I I see that part. I disagree with. Like, well, I think they're finally going to give a reason turn. in like, the short term, but it, long term. Yeah, I mean, it's like, not for him. Th- I finally saw an occasion where people were cheering Roman. Uh, so and it was kind of you know not nearly as divided. Like I think people, the crowd was more legit cheering Roman than they were booing. Which JR, is a weird JR thing. on his podcast actually was kind of making fun of the fact that they had brand new shirts already printed up uh, before the reunion even happened. Yeah, um, I mean, they, they for sure were. So I guess what's going to be telling for me is if like they keep making uh, Dean and Seth walk around raising Roman's hand because that that does feel a little bit like the way they played this one. The reunion was a little bit like their second fiddle a little uh, until they got in the ring. When they got in the ring, I thought their ring work was really good. But even still, it was a little bit of a Roman showcase. I didn't actually watch like the match. Powerbomb, powerbomb, or, or not powerbomb, but Superman punch, Superman punch, Superman punch. Yeah. And then finally, I think they did a they did a powerbomb um, together. It's one of, one of the things I, uh, I have a hard time with when it comes to Roman is like he, for all the things people criticize John Cena about with his, you know, two or three moves that he has, I think Roman's kind of the same way. Oh yeah, I, I totally do. Cena's Cena's a better wrestler. Everybody legit, like actually, on every front. you you can see actually kind of on everybody these days, especially in the modern product. Like everybody has to get their shit in these days, um, and what that means is they basically have like a signature set of moves that they have to do during that the match. But that's kind about of all the matches are anymore, and that's kind of irritating to me. That's kind of what I felt like watching this reunion a little bit was like they they did that uh, with uh, the the reunion. Um, I didn't watch the whole match, or I didn't really watch. There's not really a match. It was um, uh, uh, the the boys coming out and fucking up Sheamus and Cesaro. I think if I remember correctly. So, um, but it it was. It was very much like along those lines of like they each of them hit one of their big moves and and that was the thing. So yeah. Um. But you know, it was a little bit more of a Roman show because they did have a you know basically you know the other boys were acting as support while Roman Superman punched everybody. Which again, I just 
they, they they're trying so hard to get Roman over, and I just I'm still not I, I still like it was funny because when you I came back Roman into the product, heel, you'll get him over eventually. Like that's 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 what I I fucking don't get about this. Like you have to have Roman turn heel. He doesn't rely on the same three moves all the time because he's a heel. He can cheat. He can do underhanded things. Um, and then a year and a half, two years later, then you can do a face turn with him, and then you'll have people on his side. Like it's just that's how things work in this business. Yeah, and it's a formula that's worked since the dawn of the wrestling business. I don't understand why people are trying to do it differently now. Vince, talking to you. Well, I mean that's the thing with the product. The like the crowd's booing, but they're booing them. They're booing for the wrong reasons. Like when you got the crowd booing a face, that should be a big sign that it's not working. Do something else. Well, and that's the thing is they're like, and Triple H has even come out and he's like, well, isn't Roman kind of already heel if everybody's booing him? And I'm like, no, dude, because you're one of the best heels in the business and you know the difference. Like, you, yeah, yeah. Like, that's, you're towing the company line right now, Hunter, and we don't like it. No. Like, like you know what a heel is. <laughs> Did you see that? Uh, there was a very short gif um, on, on Squared Circle the other day of uh, uh, Hunter marking out over uh, um, um, Orton. Orton oh, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when he went to try and shake his hand and Orton gave him the finger instead. He comes out yeah. like fangirling, like, oh, my God. Yeah. So, so. Uh, so And and then, uh, of course, he, he just turns around and flips him off. Like, there's well, kids all everywhere, and you can see Orton just turn around and give him the finger. Everybody, so that was very random. Everybody's freaking out about how that was, like, not PG in this PG era and stuff like that. And I was like, was that even PG era, though? Because Hunter's hair was still long, and, like, I don't even remember, like, No, it was, it was great. It was great. And, like, I got flamed. Like, I, I actually, like, I I got zero karma on that comment because yeah. I got downvoted, like, crazy because I mentioned that that might not have technically been PG era back then. Wow, Jesus Christ, what were you thinking? Fucking squared circle, man. That that fucking <laughs> that fucking thread. Like that that. Well, here's one of the things that I've noticed about squared circle is their opinion of anything changes like on a daily basis. Yeah, it just depends uh, on what fucking Dave Meltzer tells him that day. Yeah, essentially. Um, I actually did get a ton of karma just on one comment though, because somebody posted a um, a picture of uh, oh god, oh fuck. Uh, Brian Pillman. Brian Pillman's kid mm-hmm. is wrestling now. And that somebody posted a picture of, of him standing next to Lance Storm. And I don't know if you're very familiar with Lance Storm, but Lance yeah. Storm does not smile. <laughs> and it was just a picture of him and with like the biggest fucking like non-emotional look ever. And I was like, well, it's always good to see Lance Storm smiling yeah. <laughs> with a smile on his face or something like that. And I got like 140 karma, karma like awesome. instantly. So. All right, so last uh, piece of wrestling news we got for you, sort of, because um, I don't think we've confirmed, but there's a lot of smoke to this fire, so... Um, yeah, I don't think we're going to have Neville very No, I think Neville's done. Um, r- rumor is Neville walked off the set of Raw last week. Um, it sort of changed the card for that evening. Uh, it, it seems like he's done with WWE. Um, there's a lot of rumor there. We posted a link in there uh, saying, yeah, he's probably out, or maybe not, uh, because the company is still not official on that. So, so um, maybe they're in talks to get him back. Uh, well, he's under but, contract, so like they'd have to release him yeah. before he can just walk away. But he's definitely um, not at uh, tapings these days. Yeah. Um, the thing is, is my understanding of what Neville wants is what Neville wants to do is go work the indies and actually built himself up on the indies and then eventually come back um a drew mcintyre that's a walkout situation though i think the thing is here a little bit is that he like i get the feeling like the entire cruiserweight division uh probably is feeling like they're second tier and because that's exactly what the wwe is doing with them and they're making him very second tier which is very unfortunate because like um neville's legit one of the best guys that was a badass yeah neville neville actually i, I hated him as a baby face uh he nxt it was fine he got over in in uh, nxt as a baby face 
they brought him over. Number one in NXT, he was called Adrian Neville, I believe. Mm. Um, and then when they brought him up to the main roster, it was just Neville, and nobody knew why, because that's one of the weird things they do sometimes when they transition they just from change, NXT. Yeah. They just change random shit and don't explain it. Um, <clears throat> but I I had a hard time um, grasping him as a babyface. Like, it was really hard for me to be on his side and really hard for me to care at all. Um, and then he turned heel, and all of a sudden, I was just like, this guy's a legit badass. Oh, yeah. He's a great heel, um, but he's a great worker, too. Like, the, the thing yeah. is, his matches are always super, super enjoyable. I mean, his fucking finisher, the Red Arrow, is a ridiculous move. Like, yeah. for a, a thing that you're going to go out and do every night, it, it's that a was, ridiculous That was one of my favorite things about the, heel, about the heel turn, though, is he didn't do the Red Arrow. Like, he would get up on the ropes like he was going to do it and then get down because people would start <laughs> cheering. And, like, he didn't want people to cheer like he was a heel, so he would get down um managed to get him down on the mat some other way and then um his finisher turned into the rings of saturn which um was a perry saturn move back in the early uh yeah well early 2000s late 90s uh kind of thing so um drew mcintyre was uh was a wrestler that, that vince brought in um in the mid 2000s uh put a lot of fucking fire underneath didn't really get over uh he struggled for a few years off and on uh he was let go Went to the Indies, uh, then he eventually went over to TNA, and as Drew Gallows in TNA, like, drew big money. Like, pretty big money. I mean, TNA money, but big money, nonetheless. Well, see, that was the thing I was reading, too, about this, is that... Now um, he's in, in NXT they, again, they so. could You could have workers legitimately making more money in some of the smaller <coughs> promotions, um, and I think Neville could be that type of guy, because I think Neville, for one of the Indies, would be a big, big draw. Um, he's going to, you know, notably because he's got some WWE juice, so he's going to be one of the few guys on the card that a lot of people know. Well, and I don't know if we've talked about royalties a ton on the, on the show yet, but like, um, I know one of Neville's big, big, uh, big bitches is, is that like, no, as w, the, no 2K, 2K18 royalties. Um, uh, no, I think he gets royalties for that cause he's in it, but, um, no, cause that was one of the discussions I just read earlier was the cruiserweights aren't getting royalties on 2K18. That's fucked up because their their likenesses are in it. They should get royalties for that. Yeah, that, that's um, a shit contract, is what I'm saying. So that's another example of like the WWE treats cruiserweights well, as a as I'm a not second even tier. Sure, if that's true. Well, I but, mean that's definitely going around right now. That's um, definitely the rumor. So, but I know that like if you're if you're um uh on the pre-show before any pay-per-view, like you don't get fucking royalties for the pay-per-view if it goes to DVD because they don't put those in the DVD, so you just don't get money yeah. for it. Um, and Neville has a big a. Neville's got a big complaint there because he, as a cruiserweight champion, a lot of the time the cruiserweight title was decided on the pre-show. Yeah, and see, that's another thing. Like the cruiserweight title shouldn't be a pre-show. It wasn't until this last pay-per-view um, a month ago for Raw that it, it was like the second to the main event. And that yeah, was when Enzo kicked him in the balls. It's unfortunate because um, you know in the past the product has had. He, he, not so much a cruiserweight division. They've, they, they, I mean, they have, but they've had guys who are definitely cruiserweight wrestlers uh, that are over in the main product, and um, so that they're kind of relegating all of these guys to this sort of second tier status. I think is probably screwing them in the long run. This is one of the many complaints I think I have about uh, WWE currently today. I honestly, this is me like Monday morning quarterbacking, armchair booking, whatever you want to call it. If I'm WWE. I don't even want to put matches on the pre-show anymore. That's that's I, I, me. I mean, if they're going to put matches on the pre-show, it should be it shouldn't be it should be <coughs> a stepping stone. It should not be like Neville shouldn't be wrestling in the pre-show. It should be guys that you don't really or, know. Or 
or I'm putting those matches on the DVD. You can do that. It's not it's not a fucking stretch to put that match on the DVD. Um, I wouldn't interrupt it with a commercial though. No, oh, yeah, for sure. Um, like treat the pre-show with a little bit of status, and and either make it a way to get new guys up, or uh, to to you know, or or just make it fair. And, you know, and since the cruiserweights are raw exclusive, I'm canceling 205 live, and I'm just giving the cruiserweights time on raw to to settle their division. Yeah, raw's three goddamn hours, so you've got time, guys. Yeah, they can fit it. They can fit it. A, a twenty-five match fucking in there. minute promo. Uh, between the tag team champions and their number one contenders, like I don't, no, and I'm not, I'm not shitting on tag team wrestling. I like tag team wrestling, but I don't need a 25 fucking minute promo about it. I don't need a 25 fucking minute promo about anything. No, like unless that, it's, unless it's John Cena tearing down fucking Roman Reigns, <laughs> I don't give I a can shit. watch 25 minutes of that. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. I don't know. I don't know where else to go from here. So I think we're gonna call the ball. I uh, I guess. Are we dropping the ball? No. I mean, like Dick like, Clark, like Maverick, like. Like that, we, we're landing the you plane. Know, you know, I'm going to do my Dick Clark impression again. You can, I guess, I mean, but no, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> we, we'll get some mail. Um, all if, right. If you want me to do the Dick Clark impression, <laughs> you can tweet email us. us. Yeah, yeah, tweet it, tweet it at us because that's where we'll see it more often. Yeah, we're, we're at whatever show. Uh-huh. Uh huh. If you did want to email, you can email two questions at whatever dot co. Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash whatever show. Yeah, and uh, sponsors, if if you're Neville and you're like, hey, you know what? It seems like uh, these guys could help me get over in my new indie promotion. You can go to sponsors at whatever.co and we'll help you. We sure can. And if you want to look at our one picture on Instagram. Are we? I think we're whatever show. We're whatever show on Instagram. Yeah, it's a good picture. Not oh, surprising. logged out of the whatever show. Shit, dog. That's like, <laughs> you changed the password, you bastard. I didn't change the password. That says you did. I don't think I did. It says you did. We'll see. All right, guys. See you next week. Later.